Hello, listeners! Welcome to episode 25 of the Avocado Gamescast, the Avocado's gaming podcast. I'm Merv, and today we're going to run down the summer's biggest and most interesting gaming news. But before we get to that, let's meet the folks who are joining me today. First up, he's relaxing on his new queen-size Casper mattress. It's the Radio Cat. Hi! Next, he gets an unbelievably smooth shave with the Executive Blade from Dollar Shave Club. It's science is bad. Oh, hey, I've never been, never been as smoothly shaved as I am now. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Next, yeah. he discovered a better way to cook with a meal plan from Blue Apron. Say hello to Doctor. Hello, greetings from the UK. And finally, he just can't get comfortable without the sustainably sourced micromodal fabric of MeUndies. It's the Kappa. Hey, what's up, guys? So, how are you guys all doing? Good. Uh, now bad. that I'm so smoothly shaven, I feel great. <laughs> Can't be bad <laughs> once in again, the once, of, once again, folks, Dollar Shave Club, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I really hope we don't get sued for this one. Sued? Anything we Why free, are you talking free razors. about? Free razors, yeah. right? There'll be freebies coming through the mail, like, mm. as soon as this goes out. Yeah, I, that's free. what I'm hoping for. We didn't get... I s- need... I need a lot of razors, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also a pretty hairy man, so I could do it. Yeah, let's talk razors. about that. So, uh, <laughs> let's talk about all my body hair. Uh, but yeah, Dollar Shave Club, if you guys want to send me free razors, I'll accept them. I'll gladly accept them. Um, so, as we often do on the podcast, we begin by discussing uh, our favorite gaming character in the universe um that gaming character is sonic the hedgehog we love him very very (laughs) much and so we because we love him so much uh banner thief actually came up with this segment called product project sonic watch 2017 and it's become a staple of this podcast so um let's get right to it sonic mania came out and apparently it's actually really good Mm. yeah yeah, how yeah. did that happen? Um, I, you know, it's good for the fans. I never liked Sonic and never will. I don't think even the first Sonic is very good. Is it like the very con- like the, I don't think the very concept of Sonic is like you, you you either run very fast, but then there are obstacles in your way, and you kind of like have to hit a dead stop. You know, you you you, you have to like figure out where you have to go, and it's like really messy. I I don't like Sonic, but well, hey, good for the fans to finally have a game that they can like actually uh, play and have fun with. That's good. Yeah, it's something they can actually enjoy unironically or not say. Yeah. Um, like, for example, Sonic Adventure 2, people say, yeah, the, the Knuckles levels are tedious and nobody likes the Tails levels, but the Sonic levels are great. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's good for them to actually have a, a game where they're like, yeah, this is all very good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean, one other thing that helps was the price point, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't a $60 release type game, and mm-hmm. it, it seems like that, that was kind of a, a smart move because what you get doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, blow any minds. But, um, yeah, I, I do think it's it's a return to form in some ways for it. Completely. Yeah. It, it I picked it up me... for the... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, um, I it was because of the price point that I was like, I'll give it a shot. Picked it up for the Switch, and uh, it's a great, great for the mobile handheld aspect. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I also, although it's you know I've I've heard good things about 
past some of the past Sonic games, but um, I'm not quite sure if this uh, the whole the whole retro aspect is is what really pushed it over the edge because I've heard good things about Sonic Generations and Sonic Colors, but something about this, and I think it's the nostalgia effect that's really like you know pushed it into the from the good to great. I think because really. Um, most of Sonic is about nostalgia, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot At of people are, are recognizing that yeah. too. Uh, it's yeah. it's cool to try to set new course records or collect the most rings or do stuff like that. But yeah. this isn't the kind of game that people are going to be playing ten years from now or anything like that. It's it's a it's a trip back in time for, for yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think with um, with myself, I was never a, I never really had any Sega consoles. So Sonic isn't something I look fondly back on, but mm-hmm seeing how well it was reviewed and uh it made me think you know maps this is something i should go back to check it out especially now i've got a switch as well like you were saying oh, sure. it does seem like a good um like a good game for a mobile format mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's something you can take on the go especially if the levels are, are pretty short and you know you play a couple of yeah. levels on a bus ride or something um i don't know if it would work um if if a sonic game like with the larger sort of levels like the Sonic Adventure games would work on um, uh, on a mobile platform like that. Mm, yeah, I don't know if Sonic Adventure would ever work on anything ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Now, um, hang on. You could use the Chow the Chow Garden. Oh the, God. <laughs> the, <King of God. laughs> the Chow Garden's like it's basically like a, it's basically like the. Like the Digimon farm from like the yes. D- Digimon yeah, Cyber yeah, yeah. Sleuth games. Um, I haven't played those, so I'm not quite sure what we're talking about. But um, yeah, <laughs> are those games those, those uh, Cyber Sleuth games are any good? Um, I think so. I played. Okay. Uh, God, I'm forgetting the, the exact title. Digimon Story. It's a Digimon okay. Story series, not the Digimon Cyber Sleuth series. Um, okay. Cyber Sleuth is a subtitle for the last one that came out. Ah. Uh, I liked it a lot. It came out last year. I thought uh, in North America, I thought it was really good. Um, oh yeah, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, I describe I, it yeah. as sort of. Uh, this might be overselling it slightly. I describe it sort of like Persona with Digimon, mm-hmm. um, yeah. although the story is a little bit less um, thematically rich or significantly less thematically rich, uh, hmm. and it takes a really long time to get going. Like. 20 hours in is when shit hits the fan. Oh, that that sounds like a Japanese-ass Japanese oh, game. I was gonna, that does sound like Persona, yeah. I was yeah. Uh, it really takes a while to get going, but I I thought they did they did a really good job with it. So, um, If you're a Digimon fan and you want to raise Digimon in Digimon Farm, or you really, really love the Chow Garden aspect of Sonic yes. Adventure, um, then go play Digimon Story. And you can... Instead of raising chows to race each other, I think mm-hmm. I don't really know how that game works. Um, you can raise Digimon to fight each other, and it's a lot more fun. Sold. All right, I've sold something in Digimon Story today. Mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> so, just getting back to Sonic really briefly, do you guys think that this means anything uh, for Sonic Forces at all? Do you think people will compare Sonic Forces sort of unfavorably to this? Or do you think this is a good sign for what Sonic Forces will be? Um, or do you think uh, Sonic Forces is a train wreck in the making? 
I have uh, no idea with Sonic anymore. You could just flip a coin at this point if you ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The game would be amazing or horrible, one of the two. I think I that, mean, I... that, you know, the fans' hopes were raised and now they will be crushed and uh, <laughs> everything will be will be okay again with Sonic. <laughs> the internet is going to be so bad about that game. I'm telling yeah. you right now. The yeah. internet is just going to flip its shit when that game is... Like, it's not even... I don't think it's even going to be a bad game. I think it's just going to be, like, an okay game and it's going to make the internet super angry. Mm-hmm. It's just not... It's not going to be Sonic Mania and that will be, like, the main uh, the thread in the comments, won't it? People are going, oh, well, we tried this. It didn't work. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels like I, I, it feels like they can learn the long the wrong lessons from this one too, and just kind of stick too much to the retro stuff and not do enough, you know, to, to keep the series moving forward. Which is why Sonic kind of fell apart the first time, if you remember, you know, back in the you know, late '90s when it was like, okay, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So they're gonna have to figure out that weird balance of you know keeping it true to the classic experience, but also putting new stuff into it well, to make it interesting. I will say that in Sonic Mania, they have added a lot of really neat new features that i think like are only possible with more modern gaming or like are yeah. it, it, they mix it up enough where i'm like oh this is also a nostalgia bomb but it also brings in enough new stuff that it's worth checking out if you have any sort of nostalgia for the old sonic games yeah and i can i can bet anything that sonic sonic mania 2 will definitely happen oh 100% mm. if if it isn't already yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's in development somewhere. Maybe in the super early stages, they're probably planning it out. Um, it's interesting though that they hired they hired a couple of fans to work on this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who are who are Sonic fan game makers. Taxman, Christian Tax- Whitehead. His oh, name really? Is. And he went by the handle Taxman. There were there was someone else involved as well, but he's the one that is popped up in all the uh, the news articles about it. Yeah, and the UK is so small. I'm pretty sure you just like walk over to his place right now if huh? you want it. Hey, Dax, man, what's up? <laughs> yeah. no, he's 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 working on the new Sonic game. He's waving at me through the window, to be, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you, just all, you guys all just live in one big flat building. That's that, it's completely true. Um, yeah, I, I, so that's. Um, I think that's. I think that's sort of interesting that now they're hiring fans to work on these sorts of things. Because um, typically you think um, the the conventional wisdom is don't trust fans too much because mm. give fans what they need, not what they what they say they want. Mm. Uh, but it seems like this uh, this person has some genuine talent. So I, I think Sega doesn't know what it wants or what it needs or anything, and it's like. Uh, I bet that someone said like, "Oh God, oh God, we don't even know what to do anymore. Let's let's hire anyone to like figure this out because we we were, like, they were in the corner and they didn't know what to do." Uh, it mm. seems like that with the Sonic series. That's like they tried everything. It seems like, and that, so that was what that was the the phrase "clutching at straws" sprung to mind when I read that they'd hired a fan to do it. I I genuinely think that. They thought we'll just try it now. It, 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 we can't possibly get any worse. <laughs> yeah, and it ended up working out for them. So maybe they'll do it yeah. again. Who knows? Um, and maybe this will start a trend with um, with maybe other beleaguered franchises or even not beleaguered franchises um, starting to hire more people from the fan community to work. Oh on. God, no! Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's probably going to mean a lot more furry stuff and like 
Yeah. Weird arrow gay where like, it's its way. Oh, no, into... imagine Leon Kennedy, but as a cat. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 HD, now in stores. My word. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot more pansexual cats in video games. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we, we'll just roll with it. It's going to be yeah. fun. Sure. Um, so, moving on, I think mainly what we wanted to do in this podcast today is discuss gaming news, which we don't do all that much on this podcast, but there was a lot of gaming news this summer, and we haven't really been talking about gaming news uh, enough. Uh, so I thought what we'd do today is run down a lot of the gaming news that has happened this summer and discuss what's sort of happened in, in the gaming sphere since E3. Um, amongst one of the biggest news stories that has come out um, in recent weeks is the YouTube adpocalypse is back. Mm -hmm. um, and how? Yeah. So for those of you who aren't in the know, um, over the past year or so, uh, YouTubers have noticed their, their videos getting demonetized because they contain objectionable content, um, objectionable as determined by YouTube's advertisers. A lot of advertisers have been pulling out of YouTube because their videos were appearing on things like, um, you know, neo-Nazi videos and, and mm -hmm. uh, other hate speech kind of videos. Uh, company Brands don't like being associated with Nazis, um, <laughs> oh. which is probably a good thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, now I have... Google <laughs> slapped their forehead when they found this out, did they? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have to change some things about my company then. God damn it. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so a lot of companies started pulling out. So in order to, to reel them back in, YouTube started demonetizing videos that had quote-unquote subjectionable content, but they cast an extremely wide net. So a lot of videos, even videos that discussed violence or videos that discussed controversial topics in the news, regardless of what stance they took on the issue, were getting demonetized. Um, later, YouTube solved this with more intelligent filters and they announced a few I think a couple of months back that they sort of solved this adpocalypse problem and a lot of uh, non-gaming YouTubers especially noticed, okay, a lot of my videos now that would have otherwise been demonetized have been re-monetized. Um, but gaming has been hit extremely hard uh, now in the past few weeks. Um, pretty much videos from Almost any violent video game, like Destiny videos, are getting demonetized now, which is ridiculous. Um, people have done some experiments, and apparently, even mentioning like the word "gun" in a video, even if it's just like you you've marketed it like the like the frame as a picture of a gun, and mm -hmm. like the title has the word "gun" in it, and it looks like a gaming video about a gun, but the video is just like two people talking about cats. That's getting flagged and demonetized. Oh, so all wow. of internet videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, that example you mentioned there, Murphy, um I can't remember the name of the person who did the video, but they said, didn't they, it was a, the thumbnail was them and their wife, and yeah, they just said Destiny 2 once in the video, and that was it. It was demonetized. I think that might have been Total Biscuit. Um, oh, okay. Ah, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. But... Maybe people don't want to be, um, you know, associating themselves with that guy anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's... I, I don't think it's, like, Total Biscuit, per se, getting demonetized. I think it's just, like, the topic. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's... 
it's strange because you think YouTube, especially over the past year or so, they've made big strides to try to reel gamers away from Twitch, making streaming possible through YouTube. They've got YouTube gaming now, and it's weird now that they're almost reversing course on that and sort of hurting a lot of the lifeblood of their their site. Mm, I bet the the people at YouTube really do want to, like, figure this out, but they're, like, fucking up, and... You know that's that's far for the course. You know this thing it was always kind of a mess uh, monetization on YouTube and um, like people at, uh, that are streaming Nintendo stuff are not getting anything from from that basically because Nintendo is taking all basically all of that money. Um, so you know it's still people are still trying to figure it out and it'll take quite some time to actually get to a place that everybody's happy. But right now, you know we we will go through some really crazy shit like this to like arrive at that place i think yeah i I feel like it was kind of inevitable something like this was gonna happen at this point but i I think you guys are right though i think it's just gonna push people away from youtube i mean microsoft's doing something now with streaming sony's doing something with streaming i mean you're just gonna slowly push people out of out of the youtube as as a lifestyle uh you know job and i think you're just gonna push them towards all these other services where people are just I mean, Twitch streamers, they don't seem to have as many rules applied to them, I'll tell you that, if, just judging by the four or five Twitches I've watched. So Yeah, yeah. and they have, a, they have a really interesting system where you have to, like, um, subscribe to a channel and, like, pledge uh, some money for videos. Like, um, it, it's, it's a very interesting system, and I think it works for the benefit of the streamer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I Another mean, I, go ahead. No, uh, I was going to say on uh, Twitch, because I've got a friend who Twitch streams as mm. well, it's a lot easier to interact or with other people. Like when he's not streaming on his channel, people will like mirror their videos on his and vice versa. Twitch seems to be, I don't know, more versatile, whereas YouTube is just a, a video you've recorded once and then it's up, isn't it? And if it right. doesn't, if it doesn't yeah. succeed, then good luck. Twitch has yeah. also started experimenting with video uploads, so now it's got it's taking some of YouTube's functionality as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys watched any of uh, the Mixer stuff on Microsoft when they did their whole uh, reveal on E3, but they've got some interesting stuff in there where you can do things in the chat to do things in the game. Like, they were showing Minecraft, for example, and they were spawning, you know, TNT in the, in the streamer's world, due to, you know, doing, doing things through the chat. Um, so, I mean, there's some cool stuff in that space that's, I think, going to push YouTube out if they keep taking away the money. Because that's the only reason people are on YouTube is for the money, right? Um, well, it's the most popular platform for videos in the world. So, I think it's still not going to, like, disappear. Um, and I think, like, uh, the, the amount of user base that's on YouTube that just crushes Twitch, I think, like, ten times over, I bet. Well, if so. yeah, I mean... It, Remember MySpace? I mean, you know, but yeah, people yeah, can, people yeah. can migrate to, you know, yeah, but, but, you... but I, sorry to cut you off, but I, I really do think that it's like a minority of people, like, uh, um, like, like people that are gaining money from gaming uh, videos are like not, not the majority of people that are uploading things to YouTube. Yeah, but I, I think what YouTube's failing to miss right now is that these people are celebrities. That, you know, it's not so much that total biscuit streams destiny it's people would watch total Bis- biscuit stream you know him staring at a wall for two hours right now they're they're legitimate 
in these world yes. celebrities. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just using him as an example, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, so, I, I, mean, I get what you're saying. I, I saw some I mean, weird YouTube videos that were just, like, a person talking to a camera nonstop about dumb stuff, and, like, a bunch of people were watching that. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many of those videos are getting demonetized. Like you said, it's a weird thing that's happening right now, and I think that's a, mostly a bug that they want to, like figure out but i don't know we'll we'll see how that shakes out mm-hmm. yeah so related to that um in terms of youtube as a platform one advantage it has with its size is that discoverability is a thing so you know when you watch a video you see all the related videos at the side um so you might watch a video about i don't know world war ii and then you might see um on the side uh recommended that you watch a video about call of duty so discoverability is, is a big factor for uh, a lot of YouTubers. That's how people stumble across their videos. And what's happening to a lot of these demonetized videos, although nobody can prove this for sure, but it seems like some of these so-called violent or objectionable videos are getting removed from discoverability queues. Mm. So now, on top of losing ad revenue, fewer and fewer YouTube users are discovering these gaming YouTubers' channels. And that's also going to be a big problem. And I think it's going to push a lot of uh, gaming personalities out of YouTube. Um, some of them they're going to keep uploading to YouTube and they're going to use platforms like Patreon to continue to support their livelihood. Yeah. But for others, you know, they'll just move to Twitch full time or uh, some other platform. Mm-hmm. Patreon is actually a, a, a very interesting platform. Like, I saw a bunch of projects that were like, oh, we upload, like, Danny O'Dwyer with his like um, gaming uh, documentaries, uh, you know he's uploading stuff to YouTube, but you can uh, you can go to his Patreon and like support him. So I think a bunch of people like you know earn money like that and still get to uh, place uh, video on a on a service that's like with such a big uh, user base and it's um, it's it's working out for them, I think. Jim Jim Sterling, God bless him. Um, I know he made a big song and dance about moving to Patreon, and it, apparently he's doing okay from yeah. it. But yeah, he I, was uh, he used to work for the Escapist, didn't he? And amongst and Giant Bomb, but yeah, yeah I mean it is. It's uh, it seems to be if you're successful enough, valid. Yeah, you you definitely have to have like um, like a fan base that will yeah. uh, support you. Yeah, I remember probably this was one of the very early examples. You guys remember when Penny Arcade had a Kickstarter just to remove oh, ads yeah. from their site? Yeah. I mean, I think there, there's revenue streams out there that are past, you know, just, just relying on YouTube monetization. I think if you're one of these guys and you have a big enough audience, what it hurts is that people are just trying to get their starts. But, I mean, if you ask me my opinion, I say there's more than enough of these people already. We don't need another 50 people streaming you know, Five Nights at Freddy's or whatever. I, th- I think we're pretty pretty good right now in, in terms of YouTube people. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's is definitely <laughs> I mean, like that's a like, good example. It's like stream bait at this point. It's yeah, exactly. for yeah. people to, to stream to scream. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like pe- smaller YouTubers or YouTubers who play sort of more obscure titles, um, if they can't get exposure, that's you know they can't really build a career out of this and you might tell them well go build another yeah. career uh but i don't think that's necessarily the most fair solution um so we'll see what shakes out of this hopefully youtube will get it together 
Uh, one thing that people would have proposed is that um, creators sort of put voluntary content filters on their videos, kind of like, um, kind of like say a lot of fan fiction sites have like maturity ratings, oh boy. or television has you know the different um, different classifications by age. They do something similar, like um, if you know this video has a lot of cursing on it, it becomes PG. If this video has a lot of violence on it, it becomes you know uh, for mature audiences. Yeah, and then that way advertisers Nazi, can. Uh, pardon me. It ha if it has Nazis in it, it has on big N, and that's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like nobody needs to advertise on the N rated videos. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so not. that way, advertisers can select. Hugo Boss. Yeah, Hugo Boss. <laughs> I have I own like a like so like a piece of Hugo Boss clothing, and I feel a little guilty about that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, as I was saying. That way, advertisers could uh, could filter to say, saying they only want to advertise to kid friendly channels. Then they could and say they only want to advertise. They want to advertise to everybody. Um, they could target you know the mature audiences if they wanted to. These content labels will be voluntary, but if there's enough flagging and um, YouTube staff find that people are abusing the labels or mislabeling things, then a channel might get its videos demonetized. I think that might be a better system, but then problem is um, you might need some really specific content filters like as science alluded to you might need a Nazi filter to filter mm -hmm. out the Nazi content mm -hmm. there's all kinds of other hate speech and nobody's going to voluntarily label their you know yeah. uh, their genetic superiority video as, uh, yeah. as hate speech and I, I really do think it's a really granular process that I don't know if it can be automated you know like a automatic thing like it uh, somebody would have to like look through these videos and label them because an automatic system that just says, "Oh, I heard a gun word in this video." Well, this is a R-rated video now. It's like ridiculous. I think I yeah, think like, that's the rub, isn't it? Like Destiny Two is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's science fiction. It's like Star Trek. You know, yeah. would be flagged for the same reason. It doesn't really make sense when you look at it from a, yeah. a human point of view. Is, is, is the word phaser? About, yeah, I was gonna say, say you have a video about Tim Gunn. Do you like that? Flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's they've really gotta gotta work on how they how they filter out this content, and um, like I understand the drive to develop automated tools, but mm. it's really not working right now, and even. Valve noticed. Valve realized this with Steam and Steam Greenlight and all sorts of other um, other features they tried to implement. And now they're moving away from automation. Like yeah. they announced the the end of Steam Greenlight, mm -hmm. and um, now yes, Greenlight was a fun like a car crash, wasn't it? Like a <laughs> goddamn was that thing really fucked? Yeah, there is some really shitty games that got put up there. I mean, obviously yeah. got downloaded to hell. And, and definitely some games that should have been, like, on Steam, like, were stuck in the weird green light hell for, like, a year. Like, I've seen games that I knew about that I, like, legitimately knew that were, like, good indie games that were like deserved to be on Steam, and they were, like, in limbo, while other games that were just, like, cheap Android uh, ports were like ported to Steam and I, I had no idea how that worked like it was like weird 
crappy magic. And I think maybe some of that was like bots, you know, voting on things. I don't know because like I can't even imagine how a process like that could be so, you know, used for like stupid. Yeah, that's so stupid. Just like idiotic. I don't know. It, It seemed it seemed broken. That's what it seemed like. Oh, it was absolutely utterly broken as a system. And, you know, I'm glad they got rid of it uh, because they really didn't know how to manage the deluge of games. Yeah. So now I think they're going to have actual people looking at it. Uh, yeah, and there's the... still a deluge of crappy games right now on Steam <laughs> in new releases every day. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to get taken off Steam unless they have a meltdown like uh, yeah. the people at Digital Homicide did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... I think it is harming Valve's brand. I mean, I know they're obviously richer than any of us will ever be. I hope, but um, it's harming their brand a little bit because Pete, one of my friends is constantly saying he wants to find a good game on Steam, and he has to wade through all this crap. And he said he's going to places like GOG now and uh, you know alternatives because it's really it's just not. Um, the quality control has just dipped so yeah, much. And, yeah. and the quality control on GOG is actually better. It's like mm. mostly just in good indie games and like old games and like big AAA games sometimes and none of that Android crap. That I I have no idea why would you pl- you know allow all of that stuff to be on Steam. I I see no benefit to it. Like it's, it's just frustrating. Like, I mean I used to yeah. I remember I used to be able to browse like specials. Like I would go to specials and just go through all the sales on Steam, you know? Oh, yeah, they would have yeah. the and now and it's just like it's just pages and pages of stuff that I don't know if anybody ever even really played. You know, like yeah. it, it's just so weird. And then I know Steam's gotta have some kind of algorithm because it does have that relevance, you know, like is this relevant to me? Yeah. But I mean, even with that on, I'm still seeing games like if if I click on specials right now, after like the first page, I'm starting to get like a Seto Corso DLC. You know, like I, I don't own the game. Why would I want the DLC? Maybe you're interested in a Seto Corso DLC. No, I'm not. Thank you. Yeah, and all, on the other side, um, sometimes when I'm about to buy a game, it tells me this doesn't look like any games you've played. Yeah, like, it's trying to recommend against me buying, like, say, Steam. Yeah, it's like I, I think I wanted to buy uh, buy Tacoma or something like that, and it's just like. You haven't played a game like this. I'm like, God Holmes in my fucking library. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. And, the, and I think part of that is like the categorization system by people. And they try to wade through some stuff with the um, curator system. And like, there's a lot of stuff that I don't think works very well. And um, yeah, it, it could be improved, but... I don't like Steam has a crappy interface to begin with. And I don't uh, think they want to I'll change that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like like we said, it's hard to discover things with Steam. Um, the user tags have actually been one of the few, I think, user-led initiatives that actually have been okay. Like, every time I look at the tags for yeah. a game that's been out for a while, they actually are fairly accurate. Yeah. Um, I, and... I wish there was a category, broken-ass horror game. And I was like, okay, filter <laughs> all of so that shit out. Game. And uh, to your point about, um, like... The lack of quality control. Sometimes, like, um, for example, I'm somebody who actually does enjoy visual novels from time to time, so occasionally I'll play them. 
But there's such a flood of garbage visual novels on Steam that if I'm browsing through, say, visual novels, I can't find what I'm like, what I want. And that's the problem, right? Like, if there's a genre that you like, now instead of you know mostly good, mostly good stuff or decent stuff, there's just all this janky garbage that mm-hmm. pollutes um, that te- that particular tag or that particular category. So no. discoverability, like we're talking about with YouTube, becomes a huge problem. You can't discover um, new titles that you otherwise wouldn't have heard of. And the only way I discover new games now is uh, through announcements on gaming news sites or sometimes just browsing Twitter. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't you know, learn about new games. Um, we're also yeah, talking I about... Mean, sorry, go ahead. YouTube, I think, is a, is a good way to discover things. But once you've already kind of hit that discover mode, I mean, I, I, I think that that's when you can break out to things like Twitch or whatever. So I, I don't know. YouTube still has a role in all of it. But I would imagine if I was already established, I, I'd be I'd be out of there. Um, you know, yeah. Twitch seems to be the way to go. Overall, I think the problem is that th- there's just too much hashtag content. You mm-hmm. the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I cannot wait through all of that shit. Like, it's just... You, you type in one thing into YouTube and it's that slew of videos that have like 300 views and you just like, it's impossible to find any, like you have all the information available to you and yet like wading through that is like daunting. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really a challenge. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, we were talking about Valve. Valve actually announced a new game. Yeah. What? I didn't hear about this. Wait, you didn't hear about this? I, Valve uh, announced a new game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guess what kind of game it is. Oh, I is know. It's like Dota. Oh. Wait, uh, let, no, let him guess. Let him guess. Let him guess. <laughs> is it? Is it the card game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then I did it's hear the, about this. Well, it's a card game. game. <laughs> yeah, it's called Artifact, and it's set in the Dota universe because apparently oh, Dota has more. God. Uh, oh, damn it. I think isn't the Dota universe just the Warcraft universe? Yeah, it is. And yeah. all, it's basically reimagined Warcraft, and and they gave it all. I don't know if anybody played it back when it was just a mod, but yeah, they kind of did some stuff. But you were still playing as a Lightning Revenant, or you're still playing as you know a, a Murgle or whatever. It's I can't believe they're trying to give this yeah, game some Murgle. kind of lore. Does, does anybody oh, want those, lore? No, no one <laughs> wants lore with this. I mean, I want lore in a universe I care about. I don't give a shit you know, about the Dota universe. Um, open letter to Valve. Valve, this is why the thing that we'll talk about later happened. Yeah, yeah. I just it's it's just crazy to me that, that this is where they've gone. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I can see that right now, kind of for some weird reason, these little card games are hot. But I mean, really, it's sad that this is where the one of the best video game companies is, is that it ended up doing little cash two, grabs. Two or, of them. Yeah. Like, like two of the best PC gaming companies are focusing on card games. Like, yeah. I love card games, but what the fuck? Like, this I mean, isn't the place I thought you'd be in in 2017. God damn that, it. To that point, like, Hearthstone is mega successful. Oh, do you yeah. think do you think Valve is going to be able to muscle in on say Hearthstone's no. uh, success no and then no the, the Witcher folks have got Gwent, which is probably going to be successful. And there's also you know Duels of the Planeswalkers for there's people who play also Magic. Elder Scrolls has a card game out. Yep. I mean it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a saturated market as far as I can see. Everything is a saturated market nowadays. I, I, but I think it was when one come out with me to be honest, but. 
Pardon you me? know what happens though? Um, w- once you have uh, one one person make money on it, everybody wants to make money on it, right? Yeah, yeah true. I, I get it, but Valve has never been. Not, Valve have never been trend chasers. For all the guff we give them, um, they've been innovators mostly. Like even as recently as their last game, the Lab, they had these really neat and um, and innovative VR games that people Merv. praised a lot. Merv, I don't know how much innovation was in Dota two. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But as one of the as one of the earlier examples of. Um, of the uh, MOBA genre. I mean, there's League of Legends and all that. I can see why why at least it was, you know, it was sort of a, at the forefront of what became a trend, mm-hmm. even if they didn't come up with the idea themselves. Like, Valve's been really good at hiring external people to work on stuff. Like, that's how we got Portal, right? They yeah. hired Kim Swift, uh, who yeah. no longer works for, I think she works for Amazon Game Studios now. Yeah. I think that just was a different era of that company where they were like looking for new technologies and, you know, new people and new ideas. And now they're just in this niche, in this, in this thing they've built for themselves that they, they, they got, they, they are comfortable where they are. So I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they've gotten people addicted to their stuff and they realize that now and they're just taking advantage of it. It's like a, it's like yeah. somebody who like, who's selling drugs at this point. Do you want to know how you make that game, that shitty card game, sell a million copies? Is you make it so you can get stuff in Dota 2 from that game. And I guarantee you the people who are addicted to Dota 2 will have it on their computers or on their, on their phones and they'll play it nonstop so they can get the weird, you know, rare drop hat or whatever in Dota 2 they'll play they'll pay they'll play you know they're just chasing that dollar they're not doing anything new in any kind of way they're just chasing after a couple bucks it's weird how how much how caught up you can get with all of that like it's just data it's like fucking zeros and ones on the screen it's not a physical literal thing that you're getting I mean I understand that but at the same time I gotta get those Overwatch summer skins (laughs) God damn it, Red Yoka. <laughs> you really want that, like, Widowmaker You're part of the problem. I, I am. Hoping, I was hoping you'd tell me more about this hat, because I'm, like, writing notes down about it now. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the pork pie, but with the, the pattern on it, it's just zeros and Okay, I, I gotta go. I gotta go get this hat. <laughs> I'll just start selling cards with hats on them. Like, this is my <laughs> new business model. Uh, they don't do anything, but they're very rare. I I would play a hat based collectible collectible card game where the hats. Yeah, like you want that building tell hat. Just give me like a Super Mario Odyssey card game. I'd play that. That'd be epic. Oh, you want that bonnet, don't you? Well, you have to pay thirty bucks for it. I think Nintendo we would make so much money. Close to our chest. Like even real bonnets don't cost as much as this card with a bonnet. <laughs> Bonnet means, like, we have Doctor on this podcast. Bonnet means something different in the UK. Wait, does it? Wait, I mean, it does, does like, like the bonnet of a car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it does. I didn't think of that. It, it, <laughs> yeah, is, a, like, it, it also is, is a lady's hat. hat as well, yeah. yeah. It also is the hat. Um, sorry, that was, that was confusing. Um, <laughs> but back to Valve, we're talking about how they've changed as a company. Uh, we might have gotten hints that there was some internal discord at Valve um, fairly recently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the people, ex-Valve employees, have actually spoken out about how Valve is organized and how it's kind of like um, it's kind of like high school. Nobody, 
Yeah, nobody has any real yeah. job. It's just what you feel like doing. I mean, even more. Than I feel that, like it's... eating nachos, and then Gabe comes comes in and says, "You got it," and, <laughs> and yeah. you can like lay down and eat some nachos. I I love that idea. <laughs> what I've been told, it's that um, people only care about you in that company if you're basically making money for the company. Mm-hmm. Oh, that so sounds a lot of nice. People working on um, a lot of people working on more long-term projects, more experimental projects, were edged out. So that's that's how Valve a few years ago Valve's hardware team was edged out. Yeah, I really imagine it's like somebody says I'm an artist, and then they say, "Yeah, that's cool. Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, yeah. Go make a hat. I mean, that's what it's come to. Unless you're drawing yeah. models for new, for new are you a, fortress hats. Are you a hat artist? Can you make hats? Well, I guess. Well, then get the fuck to work. Yeah. So to that point, um, Mark Laidlaw, a former writer at Valve. He essentially leaked the plot of Half-Life 2, Episode 3. It was written in the form of a letter. And um, the letter might have included a sly shot at his former employers. So um, just to be uh, be clear, I'm trying to open this up. I'm trying to open this up now. My computer's being dumb. It's a, yeah. it's a great Spoilers story. for a game that will never exist, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I really, I really like this story in this. In this yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fun. It did seem like it ended on a cliffhanger, you know, spoilers, but it did. And uh, that's a kind of a bummer. It resolved most of this stuff, though, so I'm not, not too... Well, this is, this is supposed to be episode three. So, I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not Half-Life 3. So this would lead to probably where Half-Life 3 would Oh, yeah. Would I, am, I am awaiting a next letter. Yeah, <laughs> which will like, come in ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's apparently they they travel to Antarctica after the cliffhanger of episode yeah. two, and um, they come upon like sort of a, a space station. And the way they describe the way the space station works, it would be almost like, um, like you guys know that that really famous level now for I'm going to spoil Titanfall two. Um, <gasps> That really famous level from Titanfall 2 with yeah. uh, the time shifting. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that sounds, that's great. Sounds I like that. that. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. believe that they would crush it. Like, they would have crushed it. Like, this level would have been awesome, like, five years ago if, yeah. you know, Half Life 3 ever, Half Life 2 Episode 3 ever came out. But, Sylvie. Yeah, so they never, they never got around to it. Um, now, uh, as for the shot at his former employers, um, this was written like a sort of a, an in-universe or in-fiction letter, but it did include these lines. At this point, the resistance will have failed or succeeded. No thanks to me. Old friends have been silenced or fallen by the wayside. <laughs> I no longer know or recognize most members of the research team, though I believe <laughs> the spirit of rebellion still persists. I expect you know better than I the appropriate course of action, and I leave you to it. Expect no further correspondence from me regarding these matters. This is my final epistle. Ooh. Gordon, what yeah. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched a video about Mark Laidlaw, and apparently he's retired as well. It's not just he left Valve. He's like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, that's how, so much, that's how yeah. good an impression left on him. Yeah, if you put I... so much of your life into this, and it's just like, I'm, I bet it was frustrating for him to be like, hey, guys. Remember the thing that you know we we promised that we you know we we worked on and built our company. Let's try to get that kind of you know moving along. I, I can only imagine how frustrating it got for him over time. You know, yeah, hmm. definitely. Um, and I I I I was kind of disappointed that people 
saying like, oh, I wish you didn't release the letter. Now this Half-Life 2 episode 3 is spoiled. <laughs> like, you idiot! That's <laughs> not how it works. It basically... <laughs> It's not coming out. I mean, I've, I've nah, kind of hit that yeah. point in my life where like, I can say it's not and, coming out. And they don't even know who this guy is. Like, there's no point even in releasing Half-Life 2 Episode 3. It's completely different people at Valve right now. It's like, it's not going to be the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pointless to, like, even wish for this this game because it wouldn't be the same story. It, because right. it's not the same people. It's not the same creative team. It's like saying, oh, I wish... You know, I, I wish a new, uh, f- you know, f- f- Sonic game was released that was exactly the yeah, yeah. They had to like hire fans to do that because yeah. there's no one at Sega that w- would do that thing anymore. Like, so you, no. So you're saying you don't want Half-Life Duke Nukem Forever version? <laughs> I would love that. I would love if Gordon Freeman had a, a Duke Nukem voice, actually. Duke but, Nukem. I mean, that's that's a good example though because I mean there's those games that just I think even Final Fantasy 15 to an extent those games are just in development for so long that when they finally come out they don't deliver you know they're just they're just not all the way there yeah and also you can like, sorry so I was, was going to say I think that was the case of the Last Guardian mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah oh my yeah definitely and I think uh, those franchises are so old you know you you, people compare the recent games to those old ones when they don't understand that it's a completely different team and it's like you're not getting the same thing that you got when you were a kid or when you were younger that's not going to happen like no if it is the same team sometimes you get something that just isn't up to snuff because you know there's been 10 years between now or 10 or 15 or 20 years between now and when they made the last one so it happened with ukulele um ukulele made mis- a lot of mistakes that weren't in the original rare platformers yeah um like but you know it was a kickstarter game i don't trust those to ever like uh, fully um you know like deliver. Uh, deliver yeah on those ideas that they presented in their pitch like th- that never happened i don't think so. i, I mean, don't think never. even on even based on the ideas that they presented in the pitch you know they say this is going to be a nostalgia trip for um, oh. for people who love the old N64 platformers, oh. and it wasn't as good as those games. And it's yeah. not even rose-colored glasses talking, because I went back and tried some DK64. I'm like, this controls better. Oh and... no! Don't tell me <laughs> DK64 is a good game. We're not having that conversation. <laughs> well, wait. No, no. Okay, no, fine, let's like... get back to Kickstarter. Let's get back to Kickstarter. <laughs> you know what I want? A, a, a good game from Bloodstained. Oh my god, I wish that that's going to be good. Like, uh, oh. will it have hat? next year? Yeah, oh yeah, will it, it probably will have some kind of a hat on someone. I mean, but... do helmets count as hats? It has armor. Exactly. <laughs> what does ukulele have hats? Uh, it has um, a card game tie in, though. Wait, does ukulele? <laughs> I actually would believe it has a card game tie in. <laughs> no, there are like five characters in that game, um, and they're all obnoxious. Um, <laughs> One of them is a talking hat. Well, look at the new Mario game. I mean, they they oh. hats are all crazy. So now yeah. you get a Mario with a million hats. Yeah, like you, you Nintendo. They're really trying is... to get that Team Fortress crowd on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's the Nintendo way. So they took one aspect that doesn't connect to anything and dragged it into a new thing like. 
with everything Nintendo does, like with multiplayer and shit like that. My I God, mean, I have it some. It looks delightful. I'm not gonna lie. No, um, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that Nintendo doesn't understand how to make modern games. Sometimes, sometimes they crush it, and sometimes, but but still, parts of games that they make, like, like Splatoon, like it, it has so many good things for it, but the multiplayer leaves a lot to be, you know. You can't even. Anyway buy a switch right now so i think that kind of yeah so speaking of the switch there's a huge shortage right now and i know i'm experiencing this firsthand because i've been trying to get one and i'm having (laughs) difficulties um especially in like california they're just sold out yeah i lucked Um, out because i randomly stumbled upon a uh midnight event the uh, the night it was coming out and um i got a ticket like Randomly stumbled upon it. Yeah, <laughs> well, right. I... You were sitting for ten hours no, straight. Randomly emerged from his in tent. a tent. <laughs> <laughs> Where am it I? Was, oh shoot! It was a it was a last resort. It was like a local retailer, and I was like, I wonder if they'll even get any, or like, I wonder if they'll have a lot. And they ended up getting a ton, and I got one of the last ones actually. So you, you, yeah. you beat a child half to death for it. Well, so, you know, <laughs> he was asking for it. Well, obviously. Yeah, I have California a... kids are medicine. Exactly. Um, so who, I have a similar anecdote about my uh, Switch, which, Switch as well. I'd, I went to the nearest city, which is called Newcastle, and I thought, if I find one and I buy it, then that's okay, because, you know, the cosmos has ordained this as something that's going to happen. And you found so one on the sidewalk. I, <laughs> in a, a small child's bag. No, um, I, I walked into a store and I said, "Do you have any switches in stock?" And he goes, "I think we've got one, but it's a Breath of the Wild." But and before he finished the sentence, I was like thrusting my credit card in his face. Then <laughs> and, and he went, "It's it's not got the red and the blue uh, controllers." I went, "I don't care. Just give it to yeah. me now." <laughs> but yeah, it to my veins. <laughs> I'm really yeah. just hoping for a, a nice bundle for Christmas. I know Nintendo does bundles pretty well, so if, if they have a good one, that's probably what I'll end up sna- uh, snagging. Yeah, what what happened with me is um, I actually I actually like um, I emailed GameStop through their site. I was like, yeah, I'm interested in a Switch. They called me the next morning. They're like, we have one in stock. I'm like, okay, um, I can't come in until this afternoon because I have I have meetings at work this morning. Um, but yeah, I'll come this afternoon and pick one up. So just before I, I headed out to the store, I was like, uh, is it still in stock? And they're like, no, we sold it. Oh. 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 Well, one, one job. <laughs> well, they told, they told me explicitly they couldn't reserve it, so they told me to call again. Mm. Um, but yeah, somebody bought, walked in and bought it that day. So I was Man, like, that's, oh, oh wow. Yeah. Well, there's no shortage of switches, switch video game consoles price reserved when I live that's where I live so I can just go up to a store and just buy it but I don't wanna you can okay. buy like five switches in, in Poland yeah yeah exactly I can I can do that I just choose not to they're selling the gas Monster. station now <laughs> <laughs> like they yeah. sell these at the gas station if you remember back in the day when we were it was like that cultural phenomenon you could get a Wii everywhere I mean I remember seeing it at <laughs> Our local, actually, our local um, supermarket, they had Wii's there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like Nintendo does bundles better than consoles sometimes, uh, you know, yeah. their console launches. So I'm going to wait to see what they do. But um, I definitely am looking at, like, something like a Breath of the Wild bundle with um, um, two controllers I, I, worth. 
Yeah, I definitely want to buy a bundle with uh, Splatoon sooner or later. <laughs> Unlike with Mario Odyssey, because I think that game will fucking rule. It's just the Switch is one of those consoles, the first one in a while where I've seen where like you've got to buy the console and then like a good amount of accessories. It's not like just out of the box. I, I don't think you'd have a good experience with it right out the box. You definitely need a pro controller, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, mean, I'm I don't know. I, I didn't get go. one, but... Yeah. I haven't gotten one yet either. I want to in the future, but I'm not hurting for it. Yeah. I don't know. And then I was thinking, like, you need the charge stand. You need a couple of those other things. Like, there, there's it. It just seems like it's there's some stuff. There's some stuff that they can bundle and make it all kind of a more one purchase type thing for me. Yeah, yeah like but a, US, a USB C charger and, yeah, and a memory yeah, a card is what you need. Yeah, yeah. I think those would be the big ones. Yeah, but I but I appreciate that. Um, they wanted to, you know, cut, you know, cut costs. Like, like they not cut costs. Like they didn't want like the console to be like uh, too expensive from the get go. So right, they like right. uh, think, offer yeah. you the bare bones experience. Like, oh, if you want this, you can just get this. Yeah, you can like, kind of phase it. If you don't want to take it on the go, um, then you don't necessarily need the USB C charger um, or or a carrying case. Um, if you're only going to be playing like uh, if you're only using it for party games and you don't need the extra memory card, things like that. Yeah. Um, um, so I can see why they why they sold it the way they did. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like a completely consumer unfriendly move. Um, yeah, it's somewhat consumer unfriendly. Let's be real. I just that. got this idea from nowhere, uh, but um, apparently they're competing for parts with Apple, and it's specifically the flash yeah. memory which yeah. uh, mobile phone companies put in these enormous orders for them mm. and the factories prioritize them and then poor old Nintendo make, I don't know how many units they make, but they get put at the bottom of the list. Oh, and that's yeah, that's weird. I mean, it, I, I've got a lot of issues with the fact that they even use that type of memory in the first place. It doesn't really you know, make a ton of sense, but if that is what they're competing for, then yeah, I guess that, that's one of those things that they're stuck with now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the phones could... aren't going to go anywhere else. Yeah, they could try to pay top dollar for it, uh, but that would push up the price of the console, and they really don't want to do that. Right. So right now they're stuck. Like, well, they can keep turning out those uh, SNES USB drives that you attach controllers to for eighty bucks that people are buying. Oh, I've not seen that. <laughs> I tried to talk Radio Cat out of it. I don't know if uh, I went and got one. I I still have my pre-order at uh. Best Buy reserve of the SNES of the SNES. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So, I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, so the SNES Classic was announced this summer. Yeah. It's coming out, I think, November. I want to say. Yeah. I don't you're know. gonna get those controllers in your hands, and you're gonna remember real quick how much those things suck. I, yeah. I, I mean, I get it for Starcraft or Star Fox too, but man. Yeah, Starcraft. Yeah, Starcraft. <laughs> it's a real good SNES game. Wasn't there, was there, a was a, there was a StarCraft on Nintendo 64, yeah, right? Yeah, I just was about <laughs> yeah. to say, yeah, there was a Nintendo 64 version. Either way, yeah, there's, uh, yeah some of the games uh, yeah, were uh, um, really good on that controller, and others were not, not quite as good. I, I mean, At I least not the square controller that the NES had. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I've, I've just played so much emulated SNES games you know, for the past 20 years now that I mean, the SNES is just... <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been out there for a while now. You can get it on your phone if you want to. Listen, listen, we're not emulating games. Nobody <laughs> said so on this podcast. Never. Everybody's buying games. Well, see, I Nintendo, own the please, please, games. Nintendo, okay. I'm begging you. <laughs> no, if, 
Third the SNES game. It. It's totally legal. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Dollar Shave Club is going to sue us for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, really, emulation has been one of those like gray areas forever. You know, they they've never really Not wanted gray. to shut it down. They could have, but. Um, but no, it's hard Nintendo for me to spend. Nintendo really doesn't like it. Like other companies, you know, it's you know, it's a gray area for them. But Nintendo like really hates emulation, and they said so on like every like every time they asked them, like a spokesperson said, no, absolutely not, under any circumstances. So I mean, they haven't managed to shut down Dolphin or Project sixty four. So yeah, yeah, but well, that's but, because they don't no. have any legal ground to do so. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, so oh, the company is against it, but legally it's it's a gray yeah. area. By the way, just a correction: what I said earlier, the SNES Classic is out at the end of September in North uh-huh. America, at the start of October in Japan, um, not November. So yeah, also also September here, I can buy it. I mean, pre-order it, but I don't. I yeah. again, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you're I'm responsible with no. your money. I'm like exactly. certain other. I'm not buying. I'm not buying. <laughs> with my money no way <laughs> hey okay and at the very least these things are sold out and i could resell it for at least double price i think that's oh, what everybody's doing listen, they're like 270 yeah. on ebay right now or yeah people like scalp like mad with these yeah uh, with these limited run items uh i mean limited run items are a lot more common in japan that's the consumer culture there sure. but it's just not a thing in north america but we know how nintendo is they're super out of touch with how north america operates so they, they sell these limited-run items, which would be perfectly normal in Japan, in North America, and North American customers get confused and angry. I'm just and waiting for a, Yeah, I'm just waiting for a Nintendo 64 Classic. And, and you know, seeing as, uh, seeing as we have two classic Nintendo consoles that are excellent. <laughs> like there, there has to be a Nintendo 64 in the no. No, that's not uh, I'm putting my money on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nintendo 64 is not, didn't age well. Like, there, there's not, not nothing. If Nintendo wanted my money, all they would do is they would make a digital storefront, and then they would just sell all their shit through their own little storefront, and then let me emulate it on my computer. I don't Dude, understand you, why I need a plastic Dude. USB stick to play Nintendo games Dude, on. Well, no, are all you that's crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's so dumb. <laughs> all that dumb At least thing is I, is. A USB stick with a ROM and an emulator on it. They'd That's it. They'd sooner sell you a 20, like, ton Nintendo console <laughs> than fucking do that. Okay, here's all they need to do. All they need to do is the digital storefront put up most of their classic titles. You buy it once, say, on Wii U or whatever. You yeah. own it forever. Yeah. If they port to Switch, then you own that from the port. I'm not buying Mario 3 again. Yeah. Get with it, Nintendo. I'm buying Mario yeah, get, 3. Get on. with it, Nintendo, <laughs> you jabronis. Like, they're going to release a weird TV. Like, all in one console on this TV. I, yeah, people you would buy it. If, it. They, if they put Star Fox 2 on it, people your would head. buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's literally all they need to do. They could print money. Also, port mother, also localize Mother 3. That's all they need to do. Yeah. <laughs> They, they can do a bunch of stuff they choose not to. As yeah. I do their consoles. I don't as buy much, them. As much as I love them, they like, need to get some shit together. Yeah, they, they're, it's a, you know, Sony Entertainment is such a more... Like, maybe because they, they're in touch with the North, North America, like, uh, Sony North America so much more than Nintendo is with Nintendo America. But, like, 
they have no idea how how the world how the Western world works. Yeah, like I, if I wanted to buy something, if I wanted to buy a PS2 game right now, I could manage to buy it, right? I yeah, mean, somewhere exactly. somehow. But I mean, if you want certain things, if you don't have a Nintendo console, too bad, man. That's it. That's all you're gonna have to go find out. So, I mean, yeah, everybody else has kept their their consoles, you know, together. Do, does the Switch even have the uh, the virtual console yet? Not yeah, yet, no, and it's killing me. I right? want it so bad, and I what like. The fuck are you doing, they haven't Nintendo. even announced it, and it's infuriating. I like, don't think it's the... ever gonna happen. Fuck Man. Nintendo! No, they're, they're totally gonna do it. I, they can't not have the virtual console. Radio Cat, you're killing me. This is a, okay, this is a console that was released without a browser, without Netflix support. Um, like they. It was not released in a state that was ready for market. Maybe it's ready for market now. Nintendo responds. Nintendo responds. What's a Netflix? What's a browser? I don't understand what you're talking about. That was all the Wii U, though. It was was all the Wii. Two years, I think. You got to enter your friend code in. It's a secret secret friend code. And it's a secret character friend code. And every time you want to play online, you have to type it in. Like, they released it months early earlier than yeah. I think they intended because they wanted to get good uh, fiscal 2016 financials. Yeah. So uh, they, wanted, they wanted it out before the end of March. And I think, yeah, it released in a state that wasn't ready for prime time. And I think only now they've started you know, adding the features that were supposed to be in it at launch. So essentially, if you have a Switch now, you bought into Nintendo Greenlight. Yeah. Because <laughs> the internet, like even their online system, they're like, we know this is all fresh. That's why it's all free for the rest of the year until we get our real shit together, and then we are going to charge you. That's the so eShop wouldn't so. even store your credit card number. It was like they didn't want your money. You'd go there to buy a new <laughs> game, and they were like, oh, uh, well, you could be anyone, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's for the best, um, considering how many people make impulse purchases. Um, consoles um yeah so nintendo switch still a shortage nintendo's still not with it which is frustrating um let's move on to discussing um some uh let's move on to discussing some new game announcements um well first of all not really a new game but final fantasy 15 uh, as everybody expected announced a pc port so that's gonna be a thing and then uh, they uh, announced nude patches about two seconds later. Did they announce the furry patches? I want. I think they said something like, "Well, if the community makes them, it, mm. it just shows how much they love the oh, game, or something make... weird like that." <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they announced it with mod support too. They said yeah, it's exactly. Mod tools, so yeah, that's gonna be pretty good. Um, <laughs> also, but like. I don't know if the, the minimum system requirements yet are out yet, but you guys see the recommended system requirements? Yeah, it's like, yeah. like 180 gigs or something like that. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. serious. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like, what? okay, fine. This is a huge game. It's going to take up a lot of hard drive space. People do have a lot of hard drive space. Whatever. Um, well, I don't know. Like, what wait until Star Citizen comes out. Then, like, make sure you have a terabyte set aside for that. Yeah. Um, but um, as much... The amount of video RAM they said as as for the recommended requirements oh, was twelve gigs. Yeah. Of what? Yeah. Who has twelve gigs of VRAM? They've since bumped it down to eleven because people were like, "That's not fucking possible." <laughs> why no, don't? What? I think they're like they're like two cards out there with twelve 
gigs of VRAM? There's like yeah. the Titan and something else? Yeah, I have a, a 1080 Ti, but even though it's technically like, you know, it's 12-ish, it, well, it's really 11, you know, it, is what's usable. If you've got a yeah, 1080 I mean, Ti and you can't run it, then what yeah. The fuck? People are <laughs> calling to like, yeah. uh, people at at, uh, at NASA, like, we need your computers <laughs> to play Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> fuck Fantasy you. Shuttle, and then like, what the hell are you doing? Um, Keep in mind, these are the recommended system requirements, so probably the minimum's like three or four. Yeah. Which is still way too much. Petition, yeah. we need a large hadron collider to start up this game. <laughs> like, if you can't run it on a GTX 970, it's too much. That's oh, yeah. Not. I mean, it, they're right. their system recommended are an i7-3700, uh, so like the new, the newer i7s, uh, mm-hmm. basically a 1080 Ti, and then I, the, I think the hard drive space was either 170 or 180 gigs. I can't remember, but it was a lot. And like, that game doesn't look that good. Uh, yeah, and people are like, it runs. Yo, dude, have you seen the food? Looked- the food looks amazing. <laughs> That's true. To render this food, we had to sacrifice a lot. Um, we had to sacrifice any like ten coherent... years of development. This food looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I had to sacrifice all the coherent character development and yeah. and uh, easy to Worth follow it. plot Worth for, for for like high rendered food. I, this sashimi looks delicious. I hundred percented uh, platinum trophied uh, Final Fantasy fifteen, and I have zero Damn. desire to go back to that game. Man, I, wow! I beat Adam Mantos. I did everything in that game, and just man, I'll tell you that whole last third of that game is garbage. I can't say enough bad shit about that game. Um, I don't know why. You know, a lot of Final Fantasies they start off really kind of like on on a path, and then they branch out, and you go to open world. Right? This game is the exact opposite. Like the first four or five chapters feel very open like oh wow i'm gonna get to explore all these areas and, and then nope nope here you go you're locked in now you're on the the critical path to go beat the game and it just it just takes a nosedive um and everything once you kind of start start that whole thing it, it's it's not good so uh, wait they they announced final fantasy 15 for pc and they haven't announced final fantasy 12 zodiac age for the pc which i would rather play oh i'd rather yeah i love Avalos a lot more than anything yeah uh 15 though man i I don't know i I don't i didn't play any of the stories i heard those were kind of like all over the place in terms of how good they were you know like the Knox or not the Knox or like the prompto story and the gladio story i didn't play any of those so i don't can't really judge but i have no desire to go back to that game world unless they can tell me they're going to do something to make it more fun because yeah yeah, it's it's not good is 12 the only one that's not on pc now sorry which is one? 12 the only Final Fantasy that's not on PC now? Yeah, 12, yeah. They they will yeah. get it out, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that cause... aside, man, Prompto is a dumb name. <laughs> well, you can experience it. My name in, is uh, Prompto. In 3D, his, his is a VR one, right? Wasn't oh, Prompto right. like, like a fat kid who lost weight or something yeah. like that? Is that his the story? His name is Prompto. Okay. He's horrible. I, I think he's the worst part of the whole game to be honest with you he's supposed to kind of be the, the comic relief but it's just mostly just him being well, with a name like prompto yeah no one. <laughs> like, did they did they advertise um like at e3 a couple of years ago play as prompto before yeah. anybody <laughs> even knew <who> no <laughs> thank you i think they were advertising that you could play as him in the playstation vr though but like he's the worst character like and he doesn't do much so I don't really know what they were going with that, but uh, hey guys, yeah. Prompto's here! Like, wow, <laughs> yeah, he's like Whoa. the Poochie of, of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> yeah. Where's Prompto? 
That's what everybody should be asking at all times. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of other game announcements, uh, I know Dr. R wanted to talk about this. Oh. Microsoft announced Age of Empires 4 yeah. after many, many years of that franchise kind of being Barely, dead. mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, they kind of, they kind of um, tipped their hats when they announced the remake at E3. They basically said, I don't remember what they said, but they basically said they were going to announce it anyway. But um, I'm Yeah, I'm they said there's more AoE news on the way. Yeah. Um, so I never, I've only played like a bit of, I think, AoE 2 a really long time ago. So I don't know much about the franchise. But my understanding is that it is kind of a beloved franchise that they've got going. But it was with Ensemble Studios who did all of them, I believe, up until now. But now Relic, who did uh, Dawn of War and Company of Heroes, have taken over. And apparently their last few games have been divisive. I don't know if that's the word to use. Yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about at least what their most current Relic game was. Was um, was uh, Warhammer, um, Dawn of War 3. And mm-hmm. to, to some extent, what they did with kind of Company of Heroes 2, they're kind of trying to... I, I feel like Relic thinks that RTS is stale in some ways. And they're trying to put things in there, I think, that'll basically mix it up. Um, what that led to in Company Heroes 2 was a ton of microtransactions because they wanted to kind of copy... You guys remember Command & Conquer Generals? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so they were kind of trying to do something like that where, like, yeah, you play as the Germans, but you play as the guy with that, that incorporates the Blitzkrieg Doctrine. So he, he makes tanks better, and, um, you know, he gets, like, way less uh, attrition in enemy a- areas with tanks, but... He can't make infantry or something like that. So they kind of yeah. give you some pros and cons. So you can play as the Germans or the Americans or whoever, but it's customized to that kind of level. And a lot of people loved it and a lot of people hated it because there was like in-game drops or you could buy the DLC more or less that would like give you those types of doctrines or um, each like each guy could have like five or six upgrade slots. So um, you could be sorry, the American. Can I, can I buy a Nazi hat? Yeah, you buy a ton of Almost hats. Almost certainly, yeah. This game is, this game is hat vendor <laughs> 2. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> you could buy, like, camo. Uh, I mean, every little thing you could buy. That's why people went kind of crazy. Like People were like, okay, if you're going to sell not just the generals, you're going to sell the camos. Uh, it became very pay to win. Because you could buy, like, for example, like uh, an ability to let your machine gunners reload twice as fast. That's a big mm. fucking deal in a game. You know what I mean? So, um, they kind of went the other way with it. And uh, Dawn of War 3 kind of feels more like a MOBA in some ways. There's definitely lanes uh, that you push. Uh, uh, you can't just, well, like, you can't rush like their... Command and Conquer Soul Survivor, the original MOBA. Yeah. They, they took away a lot of this in patches, though. Now it's a lot more straightforward. But they got a lot of flack at the beginning because you couldn't just build a force and rush an enemy's base. You kind of had a leapfrog. Yet, like, each map had, like, let's say, like, an orbital cannon. You had to capture that then they would start using the orbital cannon against your enemy's shields, and then you would capture, like, the thing in the middle and hold that, and that would basically, like, lower your enemy's shield. So now you've got the orbital cannon this, and it, it's it's very much like taking it step by step rather than just, you know, making a big blob of units and moving it. So I feel like in some ways, yeah, they're not getting it right, but I think they're trying to do some cool new stuff in, in the RTS area that Age of Empires is kind of one of those things you could really, really make some improvements on. I, there's a lot of nostalgia there, don't get me wrong. Um, the game's really fun and everything, but um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some more improvements because if you remember how Age of Empires battles went, it was literally just you know group everything <laughs> with one and click on the enemies and and hope that you had more men than the, they did. 
Um, so. All units. Yeah. All units. <laughs> the thing so. is, the amount of information about it is a bit scant as well, because oh. the first one was, what, uh, sort of post-Rome era. Then you had medieval era, and then it was colonial era. And it looks like from this trailer, it's going to be like all of them, yeah. maybe even going into modern era. I don't really know uh, where the game's going in that regard. What I'm getting is kind of more of a. I don't know if you guys ever played Rise of Nations. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, kind of. A, yeah. I'm getting kind of a, a Rise of Nations type vibe to it, where you're basically playing like four games. So like you're playing like let's say like a Rome era game, then you're playing a medieval game, then you're playing like a colonial game, then you're playing a modern game. But each one kind of builds into it. So if you're the, the if you tech up to an era, you basically win that first era. And then you enter the next era, going into it with better whatever. You know, if, that if you sounds won... a lot like Spore, which is yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, well, I mean, Spore <laughs> made a lot of mistakes, but I'm just saying that like you can win a game halfway through, you know, and and then they kind of reset the pieces on the table in some way. Um, at least that's kind of what I. I mean, Rise of Nations kind of did that. I think there was another way to play. I can't remember Rise of Nations as well as I could, but there was another way to play that was just basically like. Yeah, you could be doing the civilization thing of having machine gunners against bow and arrow guys, but um, usually the game kind of had like a little catch-up mode. Uh, mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see what Age of Empires has. Man, my favorite uh, RTS game is uh, Age of Mythology. I wish they did yeah. something with that. Yeah, as an awesome that was on Sombler as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. is that the one where like you have? Is it like the Vinci or no? Rise of Legends is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. I yes, I played. I played the Rise of Legends was pretty good, but uh, yeah, I had some really fun memories with uh, uh, Age of Age of Mythology. Um, but yeah, my brother loved Rise of Legends, and I I I, I saw it as um, as a step in the right direction with 3D uh, real time strategy games, which was yeah a bit stale at that point also. Like mm-hmm. real time strategy games have been stale for a little while, like. I think StarCraft 2 like doubles down on the old tri- like you know tried and like ch- like very um, um, uh, tested elements of of real time strategy games and doesn't try to shake things up. Mm, so yeah, yeah. I mean the the single player stuff of StarCraft is pretty good. There's a lot of yeah. little things in there. Um, the campaign, I guess I would call it. But yeah, the the versus mode is very much just like. Yeah. tried and true i mean it, it, it that's the best way to describe it. they didn't change yeah. much but the, then they put all, a lot of stuff into the campaign i feel like that was very 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 fun um yeah. and that's it that's what i said that's all we have to say about age of empires <laughs> 4 yes. um another another interesting game that got announced recently um Sura 65 of deadly premonition yeah, yeah. and d4 uh, just announced his new game called The Good Life. Yes, it's going to star a uh, a detective who myst- who investigates a mysterious English town where everyone turns into cats at night. That's so it's nonfiction then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, her goal is to sort of figure out the mystery behind this town. Uh, it sounds a lot gameplay wise like Deadly Premonition. Yeah. I think it's going to be you know, a 3D uh, sort of action-adventure game where you explore the city. Uh, and apparently it's going to have sections where you play as a cat, kind of like a Murdered Soul Suspect, but not shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what it will be funded via FIG, 
mm. which also funded Psychonauts 2 and uh, the Consortium sequel. Oh. So Fig's a little bit... I don't know if I'm as into Fig as I am some of the other ways to get backed um, on games, because they have like you you're buying shares of the game and stuff yeah. and you guys yeah. th- that's so but i, I, I don't think who's... it's for you i think yeah. it's for like um you know entrepreneurs yeah okay yeah. so let me clarify what fig is what fig is because i've i've funded uh two games on fig um well well what... well let's look at that <laughs> Daddy, no no, we're okay. Monument here. Here. <laughs> no 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 uh the way it works is um, for regular people like us, it works kind of like Kickstarter, where oh, you uh, where you fund, where you you know chip in thirty bucks and then you'll get the game and some rewards down the line, or you can choose to buy shares. Um, so you have the option. So it's okay. tiered, almost. Yeah, sort of. Um, like the share the share options are completely different from the Kickstarter esque options. Uh, and if you choose to buy shares, you don't get any rewards. You instead are an investor in the company building the game. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So you have either option. So if, say you are an entrepreneur or an investor and you have you know $4,000 to throw around, mm-hmm. then you can look up a bunch of uh, ROI projections and decide whether or not you want to put your $4,000 in that game. Uh, but if you're just a regular fan like us, then it works just like Kickstarter. Mm, okay. Yeah, so we'll see how it works. Um, we'll see if it even gets funded. I think Swery sixty five does have enough of enough clout and enough of uh, a name in the industry that mm-hmm. he probably can get it funded. But who knows? I, I have a trivia fact about it. If oh. anyone wants oh, to oh, hear oh. it, let's well, hear the game, it. The Good Life is set in a the village it's set in is called Rainy Woods, and Rainy Woods was the original title of Deadly Premonition before ah. uh, before they rebooted it. Apparently. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know. You, it might be a thrill back to that, just with you know bad teeth and poor food. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, as long as they um, have fish and chips, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, let's say okay. I'm gonna say that um, I'm a big fan of Swery, uh because I think he. Well, you know, it's we, we, uh, the, the games were not like 100% there sometimes, of course, and like had some issues and bugs and like boring gameplay here and there but they had heart oh, like yeah. Yeah. i literally can't complete um can't complete what's call it deadly premonition on my computer oh. it just reaches one point where it keeps crashing and oh, no matter what i do like i can mess around with my drivers change settings try to run it as uh as a legacy application nothing i do uh, allows me to get past that crash. Well, so I did complete it, so I guess Squarey chose me and not you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's yeah. not the, the canon ending? That's like, it's all very meta or something. Yeah, it crashes five hours in. <laughs> and uh, erases it everything is. from your computer. Yeah, I want, uh, I want Squarey 65 and Suda 51 to have a cage match and decide who gets to make weird games from here on out. Just one, no, only one a of the collabo, two. <laughs> a collaboration. I want a collaboration. It would just be like push one button and it goes into like some kind of psychedelic freakout mode for 20 <laughs> minutes. <yeah>. And then... <laughs> okay, like we laugh, but like, um, which, who's going to call it? Yoko Taro collaborating with, um, with Platinum yeah. created one of, the, yeah. one of the best games in years. So... Um, maybe when you put like two wackos together, you actually get weird genius because they sort of, um, 
because you get the, the good points of both of them and you get the crazy imagination and the skills of both of them, but they sort of act as a check on each other's worst impulses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you yeah, have something you, weird, that, but also really good. Yeah. I think that every great artist needs some kind of a technical or a guy or an editor or something like that. that will keep you in check. And, um, that will Kojima, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody that will kind of say, nah, 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 that's a bad idea. Like, I've heard some crazy stories about what Kojima was doing with his time and money uh, when making Metal Gear games. And, like, I know he's a perfectionist and they allow him to do a lot of stuff. But I think that a lot of that is wasting time. And I know, like, you have to sacrifice something in, if if you're trying to make a game. And um, I think that that's why those collaborations work for the most part. And I hope that this new sweary game because he has a new studio like he has some someone like that that can like direct his like you know artistic tendencies to something uh interesting like imaginative and not like bog down a project because yeah. that's yeah that seems like uh like the main uh problem that like people like that like like i'm not saying like everyone is like that but i've seen uh, Swery's work and like D4 never got finished and there's like a problem when it comes to creating games when you're like uh, like an artist like that that really is, has a crazy imagination and li- wants to put everything into a game and you know sometimes these things never get finished and yeah. that's about yeah like I, I definitely think Kojima needs an editor which oh, yeah. is why I'm a little like I'm super curious about what Death Stranding is gonna be, yes. but I'm also really <laughs> scared oh, yeah. um, because like when he was working on the canceled Silent Hills, mm-hmm. um, Guillermo del Toro was actually contributing as a director of the game. So I thought you know del Toro and um, Kojima together would yes. you know sort of act as a check on each other. You get something really weird and cool. Yeah. But for Death Stranding, it's all Kojima, and del Toro is actually like an actor. Yeah, he's playing one of the yeah. characters in the game, so I, I'm a little bit scared. Um, yeah, that you know it's going to turn out to be something uh, just not what we were expecting. I, I think it's I think it's going to be crap. I'm calling it now. I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are like, oh, you just don't get it. It's so deep, but no, I think it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, you, gonna you be, know the the thing I always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The always the the thing I always think about when I when I think about these um, uh, these projects is like the original Star Wars where uh, you know George Lucas was just like an ideas guy and like was limited by technology and by the studio and yeah. that the and and the sequels where they let ev- him Unfettered do everything. Lucas. Yes, it yeah. was just insane. Like he has good ideas and he has like imagination but like i think like kojima but like if you give them everything they can they want to do like allow them to do everything they want to do it goes like off the road insane and like it's not it's sometimes that kind of like turns into a horrible mess uh, which i think metal gear solid 5 was a horrible mess um with some good gameplay ideas and some you know, uh, fun. Well, no, no, the characters weren't fun. 
but <laughs> so, some, yeah, they had parts, quiet. Parts of that were Apparently fantastic. quiet was fun for, for uh, some people. Uh, when it rained. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's yeah. how it turns out. Like, I, no, it's, I guys, yeah. it's not bullshit because you breathe through a skin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. I I totally okay. bought it. I don't understand what the deal was about. He yeah, says. Yeah, exactly. What cross his fingers? Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, she's like uh, feeding like that, and that's why she has to be naked. Yeah, in, in, in a cell that has clear walls for you to see yeah. at all times. It's like that scene with Patrick Stewart from Extras when he's like justifying his weird fetish by <laughs> writing a script where he says like people, <laughs> people's no, no, clothes seen, just I've fall seen off. Everything. Yeah, I've seen everything. <laughs> it's too late. So yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about um, games that are upcoming that have been recently announced. Um, let's talk about some games that uh, have been recently released or games that have recently gained a lot of popularity. Uh, the first one being Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which has over the summer become a huge hit despite still being in early access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the premise, it's a last man standing game where the map shrinks over the course of a match. So by the end, um, you're in a very small area trying to kill whoever's left. It's Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah that's that what they call it. A Battle Royale. Hunger Games? What? No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still an early access, though, on Steam. So I guess maybe it's an example of an early access success story. Who I knows? know Radio Cat's been playing a lot. I, I'm, I re- I'm really, really, really intrigued by it, but I don't have a lot of hard and fast rules. I just got burnt too many times. I can't, I'm not going to buy another early access game. I'll, if it's if it, everything's still the way it is right now, I'll buy it as soon as it releases. But um, it's just like the one thing I kind of dig in on now and, and just won't do it. But the gameplay looks really fun. And I, I do think this is one of those games that it's really the streamers that have made it the success that it is. Um, oh, because yeah. there's lots of games out there that are just like this. Um, I mean, not just like this, but very, very similar. But streamers for whatever reason really took to this game um i mean it was inescapable when i was playing another game and i was just looking for some stuff on twitch and i mean the top the first two pages were probably people playing uh uh player unknown so i mean that that to me is a sign that that that, that's what carried this game kind of into the the huge success category but i've heard i don't know radio cat can probably say some stuff there's probably there's some been some rumblings that um there's like microtransactions coming and stuff like that. A lot of people don't seem too happy about all that. Um, so I'll wait till it's out of early access personally. Yeah. I mean, I totally get the like hesitation for the early access. Cause I typically also totally stay clear of it. Um, but I had heard like enough and I had seen it and I was like, Oh, that looks really cool. And there was a sale on some like green man gaming or something. And so I was like, Oh, uh, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. And I've really, really been having a good time with it. And, I mean, it seems like that they have a good, like, plan for the future and uh, have pretty steady updates. I know um, there's been some, like, controversy or some uh, fear because they uh, are trying to scale back the... It's not as frequent updates, but I think they're going to be bigger, uh, more spaced out. At least that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, um two interesting things about about this game is that um i i agree that it's like the streamers made this game so popular and um it's because i think it's like um 
a game which in which you kind of tell your own story like like the like things random things happen to you and they kind of like fall into this like kind of like um like a tale of survival and like it, it, when you watch it it's kind of like a movie in a way yeah, um yeah. especially when there's like um like a team of people and they're like trying to uh you know uh de- design some like um strategies and like uh, f- think on their feet and 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 uh, racing each other and all of that stuff like it's very interesting to see streams of um uh, of of people that um, don't even know how to play this game. Like uh, you don't even have to know how to play this game to, for it to be interesting to watch, um, which is which is cool. I think that's that's very rare in games. Um, you don't even you don't have to know how to play to have fun. Basically, uh, you just have to have a couple of friends and you know uh, just mess around. And even if you die, it's 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 cool. And that's why even 100 people start in a match and only one team wins. But a, chi- a chicken dinner, no, yeah. yeah, a chicken dinner. But I bet 100% of those 100 people have probably had fun playing yeah. it. So it's it's very interesting in that regard. And um, I, I I I'm curious about a, a kind of a different thing. Um, when we're going to be talking about game of the year games, is this classified as a game from this year before it actually comes out? It's it's oh. still in early access, yeah, but... I, I think it's classified as being in the released in the year where it was given a full release. Mm. So if it comes out of early access this year, it'll be a 2017 game. If it comes out of early access next year, I guess it'll be a 2018 game. See, this is so weird is. because the, yeah. the, the the biggest like now is like the zeitgeist for this game. Like it, this is the year to talk about this game. Like it not... might be dying out by the time it actually releases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Because I, 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 I this game introduced I mean, me to something else too that I I actually kind of love to hate. Um, have you guys heard about stream sniping on Player Unknown yes. Battlegrounds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not. Um, you can you can you can define it for our listeners sure so what a lot of people do is they watch popular streamers play this game and then what they do is they find out well this guy is hiding in this house and then they go and murder him um and i think it's hilarious i don't know why it's so funny to me but it's like i i hate streamers so that's one part of it but um, it's, you it's, want it's, to watch them suffer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so funny that they're it's whining. It's like advanced screen peeking. Yeah, That's exactly. what it is. You set yourself up for me to peek at your screen, you know? So, I mean, I get it that, you know, streamers hate it, but hey, too bad, man, you know? Because there's one trick. This one trick to win a game of player unknown. I think it's kind of a shitty thing it. to do. It well, happens a lot in Elite Dangerous as well. It is totally a shitty thing to do. It's like your friend from from primary school, like sitting next to you and looking at your. Uh, yeah, like you're playing Goldeneye. Don't yeah, look at my screen. I was about to say 007 Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking uh, of early access games, uh, I'm looking at Steam right now. I didn't realize this Daisy is still in early access. You know, yeah. and that's why it's. 
It's a cautionary tale, I think. A game that started it all and it's still in fucking early access. That's why I don't buy. I, just, I was talking about I don't buy early access, and it's specifically yeah. games in this genre. I don't know what you want to call it, you know, battle arenas or survival games, whatever you call it. But Ark, that game, um, you know, they they weren't even out of early access, and they were selling DLC to early access. I mean, a lot oh, yeah. of these games have really weird like um, Rust. Rust was like it was. Rust was like the proto player unknown, right? People went crazy for Rust, and yeah, then okay. the developers just kind of like, yeah, we're good enough. We made enough money. <laughs> Seven yeah. Days to Die as well was another one that did the come forest. on console. The forest, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah but a bunch that, of these games. Yeah, and that, that's that's the reason I've just been like, look, I can't mm. buy. I mean, Player Unknown, I definitely think is going to get a release because now you've got Microsoft having you know exclusive access and content and stuff, so it's going to get there. But I mean, just. I, I mean, just in case. I, I'm not going to get another one of these games. But it doesn't Daisy make sense. Daisy has been yeah. in early access since December 16, 2013. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it makes sense from a business perspective, right? You, you, you develop a game, like, it either catches on or not. If it catches on and there's a big zeitgeist around it, then, you you know, you, it's early access. You can, like, say, okay, there are bugs, but it's early access. Don't worry about it. And people don't get up in arms about it because it's not fully released but there's still a community and there's still a big uh, community around it that buys the game and buys the things inside the game you know and but, then when it started to starts to like peter out you just say okay we're done and you don't release it you don't have to yeah communities these days move so much in games yeah exactly I mean, that's like... why yeah you're not earning money when you're you're going to release the game sure okay fine but for whom? Like everybody will move to some somewhere else. Like it's not profitable. Yeah, that's really a problem with with early access. Is that um, like opinion on these games turns so quickly too? Remember when everybody was talking about Daisy and how much they loved it a few yeah. years ago? Yeah, and you I'm get looking all... at it now. Yeah. Yeah. Recent uh, reviews are mostly negative. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the reviews on on Steam right now. Um, one of them just says scam. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it Damn. is kind of stuff like that player unknown right now is just starting to do, which is like things like microtransactions and, you know, upgrading content or releasing content before the game's fully released. Yeah, that's it. it. You, you kind of like can like piss off the people who got you there in some ways. If there's, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying Radio Cat is, but there's people like him who paid for early access. Should he get better stuff than me if I buy it when the game comes out? Or. You know, it's just knowing how the game works good enough. Or is anybody going to really buy the game at launch because everybody who's bought it by now is already into it, and it's almost like jumping into a game that's past its learning curve, right? So if I go to play now, I'm going to be against people who've been playing it now for six months. So is it going to be any fun for me when everybody knows where to go and what to do as opposed to me just, you know, dropping in and trying to learn from, from you know, the go? Yeah, but so, I think that some communities that, like, if a game is big enough, like Rocket League, like, I can mm-hmm. jump into Rocket League right now and have fun. Like, I, I did it, like, past weekend with a couple of friends, and we still played a game against, like, total newbies. Like, it was yeah. fun. Like, but that has some kind of matchmaking. I don't think yeah. Player Unknown has any kind of matchmaking. That's, I mean, no, that's, I don't yeah. think it does. But yeah. I, I, I would say that. The one of the things that I do love about the game is even when I'm doing shit, I feel like I'm usually having some sort of fun or like yeah. 
I can yeah. squeeze something out of it where I'm not like, well, I just wasted, you know, 20 minutes in a match. Yeah, that's what I that's what I said. Like, even if you're dying and if even if you're not doing well in the game, it, you're still having fun with it. I think that's yeah, that, the main thing about this game. That's why that's it's so great successful. to hear. That, that to me is like the exact opposite of like a MOBA. You know what I mean? Like, there's an enti- <laughs> yeah. like, like there's an entire MOBA. If match, I'm not like, winning, well, I'm not part of the MOBA not. experience is having people curse at you yeah. and rush. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've I've gotten to the end of a Dota match. I'm like I've literally just wasted an hour. I've got no better with this character. I learned nothing this match. I just got stomped. You know, like, and, and that's good to hear that 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 this game isn't like that. So that that makes me a little more on the on the side of buying it. We'll see how it develops. I, yeah. I'm very curious on where they go from here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it seems promising, but once upon a time, Daisy seemed promising. So. Uh, we all knew that's go- that would turn to shit. So. <laughs> I-, I knew the day it came out. Yeah, you're real big on that whole hindsight <laughs> 20 thing, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. I, I, I never, I never thought Daisy was especially interesting because I, I saw it as kind of like because it kind of like felt um i played it a little bit and it felt like there was something missing from that game like i was playing it and i wasn't having any fun like i understood the count the con the one concept it had that it was interesting uh was that you know you couldn't trust people you know you did you didn't know who could who to trust and who to not trust and stuff like that and what, that was interesting i guess but i did, i didn't have fun like I, it wasn't engaging enough and and player unknown battlegrounds from the get go is like okay I I don't know what I'm doing, but it's kind of um, it, this timer that is going off like uh, this whole spectacle it's kind of like very interesting uh, you you get engaged very easily and and you feel it like you feel stressed you feel. Uh, exhilarated when you kill someone, you, like when you hear like a car coming by. You, it's it's fast paced. It's it's more dynamic. So I can see that there is a lot to improve. But I think the concept the, the concept is there and it's polished. And I don't think they have to improve all that much. I no, think yeah. if they would just come out today and say oh, the game is finished now. People wouldn't be like, oh, bummer. Like, no, there will be updates and shit, but the game is basically finished from what I'm looking at it. Yeah, it, it's weird to me that it's. I think it's finished, but the stuff that they're adding right now seems like monetization stuff. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like loot drops and crates and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not exactly against it, but I think you put the game out before you have people start buying microtransactions. That's just weird to me yeah. to have that in yeah. early release. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I agree my with hindsight, that, but... like, my hindsight comes from. I don't think Daisy was finished ever, and I think Battlegrounds is finished now. They're just adding additional shit. To yeah. It. What I yeah. what I understand is people still fall through the floor in Daisy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's 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 nah. I never thought it was good. Yeah, and I think with the monetization, I think like they're slowly kind of rolling this out as like a precursor to like the full release. Which I'm with you. I think they should have held off on the loot boxes and keys and shit until after the full release was done but mm-hmm. it just seems greedy 
Yeah, that's that's the best way I describe it. I mean, they know that right now is their moment. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, to me, I don't know what makes a game out move out of early access other than you just arbitrarily saying it. If you're still going to support it, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would just say, don't milk the people who got you there. You know, is yeah. the kind of idea behind it. That's what that's how the saying goes. Don't milk the people <laughs> that got you there. <laughs> That should be that should be a saying. Um, so let's uh, let's now talk about a couple of other video games that have that have come out recently. Like a whole bunch of video games came out over the summer. This being 2017, the year of too many video games. Um, recently, there was Hellblade that came out, yeah. uh, Tacoma, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, um, the Kingdom of Loathing folks uh, made uh, a standalone RPG called West of Loathing. Agents of Man came out, apparently not that well received. Splatoon 2 was this summer, then Sundered and Pyre, which is from the Supergiant guys. Uh, the remastered Crash Bandicoot, um, Cliffy B's new game, Lawbreakers. Lots of games came out. Yeah. Uh, have any of you guys played any of these? I've literally played none of the games I just listed. Um, <laughs> have any of you guys played them? I've, I've, I've played, played any of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I played Pyre, and uh, it seems fun. Uh, I still haven't finished it, but I'm having fun with it. It's like a mashup of, um, you know, digital um, uh, interactive novel with, uh, uh, like, a fun little sport game. It is fun. I'm I'm having fun with it. It's like a sports RPG almost? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But it's not, like, it's not, like, super engaging on either front, but, like, I enjoy the mashup, and I'm having fun with it. Yeah, I'm yeah. about there with you because I I'm playing it as well. I'm not done, but I'm I'm enjoying it. But I feel like they could have gone a little bit deeper in some direction. I, I yeah, I'm not as engaged as I'd like to be. Yeah, exactly. With either the sport or the novel. Um, exactly. Yeah, but but I'm having fun. Uh, it's it's an interesting game. Oh, and and it's gorgeous too. The oh yeah, and the music is the music and the art style are fantastic. Yeah, yeah as as usual with the super Jam games. Right? Exactly. The only uh, new release I've been playing you didn't mention. It's a little game called Madden, but I don't think you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Madden twenty. Is it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? Yeah. Uh, it's... It's and that basketball game. Oh, 2017, sorry. Yeah, it's a popular franchise. I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, so. maybe you've heard of it. it <laughs> it's the worst man in a long time. I wrote a little bit about oh, it. Really? Us. It's horrible. It, it's it, it, really? it's their first switch to the new engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I thought, oh, yeah. Well, that comes with Frostbite. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Frostbite game now, which means the exterior shots are gorgeous. But the game itself, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. I feel like there's just a lot of hiccups in it. Uh, too many, too many bugs, and I think I posted this one. I was giving my little mini review on what we were playing. Uh, is Madden to me is all about the details, right? Like it's all about you know, like them getting you know, like this guy's stats, right, and the way this guy moves and stuff. Um, I've been playing on the simulation, which is kind of like their version of like Madden, right? Like it's not arcade, which is kind of feels like NFL blitzy, but it's also not their super hardcore one where. If you if you don't hit X at the right time, your guy explodes and gets injured, and you fumble the ball, and the other team, you know. Man, I so, wish yeah. that was it. <laughs> so it's it it just doesn't feel right. Um, I, I like to play. Uh, I like to rush the quarterback, you know, as like a defensive end or a defensive lineman. It seems like the game wants you to play corner. They've done some changes to ball hawk. I really don't like uh, the quarterback passing system. It, there's something up with like I can't be like. With Madden, they don't give you like patch notes, right? And say exactly what's different. I can just say this feels different to me. There's lots and stuff. As I was playing it, I was like, 
this just doesn't feel right. The defense that's supposed to be a certain type of offense doesn't always seem to click. There's there's a lot to it that just it's it, there's something up with it this year. I'd say take this one off and, and wait till they work a lot of the bugs out. Uh, how about the single player mode, the story mode? It was interesting. I mean, they, you can tell they put a lot of effort into it. They're kind of were going for like almost like an RPG feel. There's a lot of choices you make that determine your character and then you can add your character into the uh, madden ultimate team which is where the big push is make no doubt madden ultimate team is where this is where madden is going in the future um mm -hmm. the, the number of people who want to play what, what i play is which is franchise mode mu must be going down because the online is all mut everything everywhere you look they can say a buy card pack upgrade them this do this do you know um, oh, microtransactions! Oh, up the ass! It's <laughs> never ridiculous. heard of them. God damn it, man! Uh, EA's never seen one they don't like, but th this is like particularly egregious. And I, I play Madden to play as my team and take them to the Super Bowl, right? But I feel like less and less people are doing that. Um, I, I I don't know if you guys have ever played a FIFA game in the last ten years, but this comes from FIFA, right? Where the idea is like I'm going to build a super team because I'm more of a soccer fan than a I don't know, Arsenal fan or whatever. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but whatever. But the idea there is, you know, you create the ultimate team with all the best players from around the world. But I don't know if that's as much a true thing in football. It feels like in football, people are more a fan of the team than they are, you know, this individual player on, on some other team. But they're really shoehorning the whole game towards this Madden ultimate team. Um, and it, I don't think the game's as good for it. But the the single player was I cool. I think it's kind of like like a fantasy sports element. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I was about to say that with all the fantasy football thing going on, I'm maybe tempted to say that people are more and more about the players than the team. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. But I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah. I, the, yeah. Me to create like a super un, unbalanced, unstoppable team is almost not fun. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to play with your team, warts and all. You know, maybe you don't have this guy, but you have this guy. So. I don't know. It used to be my skill could kind of overpower. I'm not saying I'm, like, amazing at Mad, but I, I would normally trounce the computer. But um, it kind of feels like with a lot of the changes this year, I'm just not there. Um, the, the long shot's fun mode. It, it's hard to explain. But a lot of the stuff that, you know, the decisions you make has an impact on how your character builds. Um, it, it feels like the taste of a mode that they want to get in. I, I think it probably took me about four hours to get through. It's not a ton of stuff. Um, I played it on my 10-hour uh, EA Access trial, so th to give you an idea. Um, but it feels like it's the start of a move that they're probably going to start investing in more and more. Uh, it's almost like a single-player version. But the number one thing I'd say about this edition of Madden is they assume you know a lot of stuff before you even pick up the controller um, when it comes to Madden. Like, you know, which what's Juke, what's this, what's that. But if you're not as into Madden as other people have been, it, it's going to, it's going to be weird because you're, you're going to pick up that controller and it's just going to feel like you have no idea what you're doing. So, um, weird release. I'd say skip this year. If I was being honest with you. Interesting. That's my yeah. new game. I truthfully, I mean, destiny two has sucked up. Like it's like created this like black hole of gaming for me where I want, I want to play games where I can be done with them before destiny two releases. Cause I am all in on destiny two on PC. So, uh, <laughs> that when's that coming out? Uh, well, on PC it's coming. Uh, Destiny Two hits consoles like a couple weeks from now, but uh, wow. PC, PC is October twenty fourth. Um, so uh, there, actually, the PC beta starts tomorrow. Uh, well, the twenty eighth. If you're, I'm sure you guys will mm -hmm. listen to this later than then. But um, so yeah, I'll be. I'll be, that the beta is going to suck up a ton of my time. And then once that's done, I just I just want to clear backlog. The, the, the new stuff all looks good, but. 
the thing as you were reading through that list, it's almost all games. I'm like, I can wait. I, you know what I mean? Like, I can wait for this the, the Steam Winter Sale or, or whatever. A lot of twenty, thirty dollar games that all look kind of cool or have one cool aspect to it, but not too much stuff right now that that I feel like is beating down the door. I got to play it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't even go out and buy the new Uncharted yet. Yeah. Um, mainly because I only I tend to play only one PS4 game at a time. And right now I'm still knee deep in Persona Five, like just crossed the hundred hour <laughs> what mark. What are game. you doing? Wait, playing same, same. I just crossed the hundred hour mark too. You've been playing it for months. <laughs> I I've been playing it since the release date. Oh, I think I started playing it three days after Jesus. it was released. I, I what are you playing? One to one, <laughs> like one day, one day real life. What are you doing? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I mostly. I've been playing PC games in the meantime. I mean, I also, like, finished a doctorate in that time. <laughs> so. Persona 5 takes as much time as finishing a doctorate. No, see, he, got, he got his doctorate in Persona. That's probably what happened. Yeah, so I, I've really not, not been finishing games. And, like, I bought West of Loathing and Tacoma. I just haven't started them yet. Oh, yeah. Because I've been playing... Uh, I want to finish Binary Domain and uh, Diamond oh, Rump, another episode. Oh, my God. That's a fantastic game. Binary but, Domain, really? Yeah, I like it. The voice recognition stuff, though, is no, no, so no. fucking broken. No, yeah, yeah. That's, that's shit. But I really like everything else in that game. Like, uh, I've been trying to say... Every time I want to say Roger... It parses as weight. <laughs> yeah, so I exactly what happened to me. I have a repute now. I, I, I can big bull. Teach you foreigners. <laughs> Play our American video games. I, I don't think it's a Japanese game. Um, I don't think my my act my Canadian accent is so thick that it can't uh, understand no, no, no. Roger. It's broken. I know it's broken, but it has big bow in it. So everything else is like it does broken. have big bow. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. Whenever I want to say. I think uh, regroup. It parses this big bow. You say regroup, and Big Bow's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to regroup, but not now." Like, God damn it, Big Bow. Um, but yeah, I've been meaning to check out West of Loathing and Tacoma, yeah. which I both own. Yeah, West of, uh, West of Loathing has been getting really good reviews. Yeah, yeah, um, I wanted to play that. Yeah, Hellblade. Hellblade is my one. There, mm. yeah, I've been playing that as well. Uh, was... Hellblade, oh. I'm going to wait for like like a price cut because. So, Doctor, are you say. You've been playing Hellblade? Yeah, I, I wanted to try and finish it before this podcast, but I got stuck on one bit, so that didn't happen. I don't think um, it's very long, right? It's not. It's not a difficult game. It's just there are a few um, puzzle bits. Few, no, it's more insta death moments, oh, and uh, and I, I was late at night, and I think it was the fourth or fifth time I'd been killed by something. I won't spoil it. And I, I literally, I threw the controller on the floor and went, "Oh no." No more. <laughs> but it, it's not—it's not a difficult game, it, and it, I think it auto scales the difficulty for the combat. The, the combat is fantastic, by the way. It's the mm. the highlight of the game for me. But it's—it's it's hard to play for a long time as well. It's intense. Yeah. The, the combat—the combat looked like kind of a little bit like Punch Out in in some way. A little bit like what? Sorry. Punch Out. Like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you recognize basic patterns <laughs> and try to like. Um, respond with your own attacks. And the like reviews a... have have been off the chart for it too. So I mean, that, that's really interesting. Ninja Theory is one of those companies that, like, I don't know, I either connect with the game right away or I, I just kind of don't. I mean, I, 
I I I loved Enslaved. Did you guys play that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and like, like Heavenly it, Sword it, did nothing for me. Like I don't know, it's yeah. weird. I, I played Enslaved. I'm actually not a huge fan of it. Really? Uh, to be honest. Did you like Heavenly Sword? Um, I haven't played Heavenly Sword. Oh, okay. Um, I think yeah. like during Enslaved, like Ninja Theory has this one thing that they have going for it that's very strong. Is that during Enslaved there was this one moment between two characters that I thought was more genuine than anything I've played up to this point in all of video games. Like the yeah. subtle facial animation, the great um, uh, voice acting, like it all felt very uh, natural and ha- heartfelt and like I was very engaged into Yeah, it felt like, like a movie the, a lot of Yeah, points. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. W- with Hellblade, uh, there are more moments where I'm just watching it than I am playing it, if that makes sense. Like occasionally, I'll I'll be tootling about trying to solve a puzzle or something, and then I'll wander into a room and three giant Norse warriors will attack me, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very it's very laid back, but when it does when it does smack you around the head, you you pay attention. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it though overall. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So are there any other games that have come out recently you guys have been playing? I played uh, Splatoon 2. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. How's I've that been, been going? I've been enjoying it. And uh, honestly, I've been getting... They've been doing more updates than I expected uh, weapons-wise. Like, it's been about one a week minimum, uh, like-ish. And then uh, they've been announcing some new maps and stuff, which has been really cool. Like, I, I love their take on just continuing trying to get people to play by just constantly adding new uh like equipment and stuff yeah cool so are you really enjoying the gootuber <laughs> oh i love gootubing and uh paint rolling and uh splatting you know mm. yeah i do enjoy splatting myself, very yes. Like I think Nintendo just like steered into this game. People are gonna make gross jokes about it. Let's just oh yeah. Well, okay. For the the first splat test was the ketchup versus mayo, and oh, so God. the guns shot like ketchup color and mayo color. So oh, like oh my, <laughs> oh my God, mustard was right there. I mean, like, <laughs> so you got to swim in all that creamy <laughs> mayo. <laughs> And yeah, did it start out with like okay, it was the pre-release plot fest that was Sounds cake like a ice fucking cream. NCIS yeah, yes episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been a lot of fun. They they really took I think a lot of the elements from Splatoon One and fleshed it out into this, and it's it's been pretty much just appro- improvements across the board. So it's like Splatoon version 2.0, and uh, the, I've played online with other people and have not had an issue. So it, it's been it's succeeded all my expectations so and how's the single player um the single player has been decent i i've only like dabbled a little bit um i didn't really touch the single player in splatoon one but this seems like they definitely went in a bit more of a uh they fleshed it out a little bit more had a bit more of a story to go along with it uh at least from what i've seen and it's kind of just a separate progression tree it's interesting. Um, I think it's good for, you know, if you're on the go and you don't have Wi-Fi, but the game is still very much about the online and uh, multiplayer battles. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to know. Um, so, 
Are there any other news stories you guys wanted to discuss before we? I want to talk about lawbreakers. I, I just gotta. I'm oh sorry. yeah, lawbreakers. <laughs> you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I added it to the agenda and everything. Sorry. Right now, Go ahead. I want you to get ready for this. Anybody want to guess how many people right now are playing Lawbreakers on Steam? This is a, a big release by a, a, a legit studio, big developer. How many people right now are playing Lawbreakers on Steam? Uh, okay. are, we, are we doing prices bet rules? Yeah. Can I yeah. Bet well, a dollar? One, you'd probably be pretty close. One. <laughs> a no, thousand. no, no. Wait, you have to. 697 people, guys. 697 people. Holy wow. shit. Wow. The peak for the 24 hours is 776. The all-time peak is seven thousand five hundred. That yeah. is, that is a flop of a gigantic proportion. Yikes! Yeah. Yes. So like, Clippy B's been doing a bunch of damage control around about it on the internet, and he's saying, well, part of it's probably my personality, and you know, I'm out there, I'm a little too in people's faces with this. And oh, Clippy, come on! Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it got really good reviews yeah. across the and board. We're saying it's a very fun game. Um, like, this isn't a Battleborn situation. No, This no. is a game that was well-reviewed. Yeah, the game is good, but nobody wants to play it. I, and I, I, I think I keep going back because in all the ads, it's like, show people how skilled you are. Show people how great you are. Um, you know, like, this is a hard game for hard people. Like, all those kind of advertising. I think people don't want that, you know? I think mm. there's, like, it's kind of people are saying, I, I want the ease of playing Overwatch over... The look how great I am in this amazing game of, of Lawbreaker. So I, I feel like people say they want this hardcore shit all the time, right? I want, I want, I think he's been describing it as a Dark Souls shooter, which doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't, it, it's not Dark Souls, it's a shooter. And I think he's so stuck in his, his mindset of it being like, <laughs> it's difficult for difficult sake that he refuses to like learn anything. It, it, it's like watching one of, I don't want to say Clippy B is an idol. But I definitely respect his, him as a developer, but holy crap, nothing he seems to be saying or doing with this game gets people playing it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as far as a flop goes, this is one is is really, really up there. Dang. I've got to be honest, it, I wasn't even aware of it, I, it until you like, mentioned it just now. Yeah, it kind of looks like Overwatch a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's very Overwatch, and I think, that's, I think Overwatch owns this area right now, right? The team-based hero shooter right now is... It, the, the people who are still playing... Team Fortress are the people who are still playing Team Fortress, but you Overwatch owns it, right? I mean, so um, I don't know. This was it's it's weird because like like Merv said, it's a well reviewed game. It looks cool. Uh, it was pretty favorably reviewed, and I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. But 700 people playing it at, at a peak in a 24 hour period when the game launched last week is, I mean, that's a death bell for a shooter. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know if any of you have played it, but I I got in on the uh, the beta or I the open the beta. beta. Yeah. yeah, and I I mean I thought I had a good time. I yeah. didn't hate it, and I thought maybe I'd check into it someday. But like seeing that response makes me never want to touch it. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, just just the thing, I I generally don't dabble in multiplayer very much. If they made a single player version of something like this, I really like the aesthetic. I like the mechanics. I'd be all over it. Right. Um. So, I don't know, maybe it's really hard, unless you're Blizzard, to, like, if you're an unproven studio, maybe you just can't release uh, a multiplayer game and charge 30 bucks for it anymore. 30 yeah. bucks? People... Yeah. I, I think people see these games now, and they say, I don't even want to pay 30 bucks. This is a free-to-play game. And this game yeah, will be yeah. free-to-play, make no doubt about it. So when this game goes free-to-play, people who pay 30 bucks, I'm sure they'll get some cool skins or whatever, but... Um, 
I've been playing. So I don't know if you guys ever heard of a game called Dirty Bomb. Um, Dirty Bomb is splash damage. Very, very well named, no name in, in the shooter genre for a long time. Um, but they were kind of underneath this this publisher, Nexon. Same people who are doing Lawbreakers, right? And Nexon basically tries to wring every dollar out of a game that they can, right? Uh, you know, microtransaction stuff like that. So Dirty Bomb, for however they did this, I don't know, but they got rid of Nexon. And they basically re-released the game. And it's a fun, uh, classic feeling, kind of like uh, an enemy territory type game is how I describe it. There's lots of, you know, going around blowing up, you know, things in the map and or building things in the map. Uh, very fun game that I've been getting back into. But um, basically their dev said we, this game was never going to go anywhere with Nexon. They don't advertise. They don't support the game post-launch. They're just a really bad company. So I'm wondering if some of that's going on with Lawbreakers, um, you know, where uh, two years later they'll do what Dirty Bomb did and, and, you know, go on their own with it. But, I mean, it's crazy to me that a Cliffy B game right now, you know, and I know he said a lot of bad stuff about Microsoft and he, he Xbox is where he made his money, you know. Yeah. Um, and the game didn't even release the Xbox. It's PlayStation 4 and PC, which is really weird to me, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just been like a fascinating failure to kind of follow um, in terms of what this game probably could or should have been versus 697 people enjoying it. It's right just, I, yeah. it's, I don't understand why it failed. That's, yeah. that's what's really, that's what's interesting. really strange to me. Right? I, yeah. I, I know why. I haven't heard about it. Mm. No, not many people have heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't follow games as much as I used to, and I still heard a lot about it. Um, like it was, it was out there for sure. There, you know, it was making the rounds. So YouTubers got some early access on uh, on it. They showed it off. Like you'd think, given given the promotional campaign it had, that it would have would have had more of an more of an impact. Well, like it looks fun to play too. I don't know what's what's going on here. Well, I'd say and, even given the pedigree of Cliffy B, I would think that it would have done better than it did. Yeah, especially in the yes. shooter world. I mean, the shooter world. Yeah. He's still very, very, you know well liked um yeah so it's it, it's weird to me but yeah i mean 697 people don't lie i mean that's what i keep going back to is just that's a worse launch than battleborn like by a lot by like way 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 less so i love the way that that's yeah. the benchmark now as well it's always it's worse yeah. than battleborn <laughs> you can imagine these executives sitting around an office going oh god no uh, <laughs> no we're yeah, the benchmark well... The only reason I bring up yeah. Battleborn is because it's uh, one one quick way on the side that we can get a nice dig in on Randy, right? Or her, 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 yeah. Her pod. Oh, yeah. Randy Pittsford, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get sued from all corners this time. Oh, Randy's too busy. <laughs> Randy's just doing Randy stuff. He won't notice. Yeah, Randy's uh, busy uh, publishing. Uh, Gearbox is actually publishing... We Happy Few, yeah, which is the, the right. game yeah. compulsion. The people okay. who made Contrast. Uh, yeah, Gearbox is apparently now a AAA publisher, and they're going to charge sixty bucks for We Happy Few, which looked to be like a thirty dollars yeah. game. So it was I a Kickstarter, wasn't it? As well, We Happy I Few. Think it was. Yeah, it I was. Yeah. I think We yeah. Happy Few looks like a fourteen ninety nine game. If I'm being honest with you, I mean that that game is not. It looks neat, but I don't know. Paying full price for any indie these days is crazy to me. Yeah. 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 Which um, is why it's now a triple A game. Yeah. Quote yeah. unquote. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just like Duke Nukem uh, Forever was, or. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, well, I think more games just go the Hellblade route. If you've got, you know, an eight-hour single-player game and you haven't, you know, blown your budget on, on making it, you can charge 30 or 40 bucks for it. I'm much happier to pay that than 60 bucks for, you know, seven or eight-hour uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that game supposed to take eight hours? Because I'm doing something terribly wrong. If that's a, I started playing uh, Hellblade like a, a how week long ago, to eat, and it said uh, eight and a half hours. So. Oh my! Oh god! Okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry. That's how long, every, every number on how long to beat, I usually add twenty or thirty percent to it because I'm super slow. Yeah. Um, and some games I think took me like twice as long to beat. Like Bioshock Infinite, I think took me eighteen hours. That's listed like a ten-hour game there. Yeah. So. Who knows? Um, I tend to take my time. I, I just yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that uh, in two days, I'm very interested that I have, in two days that uh, a, um, a DLC, I guess it's well, it's not quite DLC. I, I guess it's an expansion comes out for XCOM 2. Uh, yeah. One of the chosen that that looks kick ass, and I'm definitely going to be playing. Did that. you? I don't know if you read this. This was kind of surprising to me, but the the changes made in XCOM 2 uh, War of the Chosen are not going to be retroactive to XCOM 2 itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's... weird to me, though. I mean, like, it's a patch, right? I mean, isn't it just... I don't know. I, I feel um, like that's, a, that's... Well, it's a full-on expansion, and it costs, like, yeah. uh, you know, 30, 40 bucks or something. So. Well, I'm just talking, like, the UI improvements and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of weird. But yeah. the same happened to... Have they fixed the broken engine yet? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... For the most part, like it has still like bugs where things happen through walls, but that happened in the original XCOM also. But no, the original the... XCOM is just it's too broken to play, as far as I'm concerned. Nah, yeah, you know, it, it depends on what on your. Unfortunately, on and really, unfortunately, like it depends on your experience. Yeah, it depends on your hardware. It depends on your hardware, and and that's shitty. But but it's a really good game, I think. Uh, Except for yeah, the bugs. So. I'm sure it's a really good game. I wish I could play it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I get salty every time XCOM is brought up. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I, I had a really buggy experience with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so are there any other news stories we want to discuss before we call this podcast to a close? No. No, I mm-hmm. am. No. No, no. No. I don't want to kick yeah. poor Mass Effect when it's down, so I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, just to briefly mention, Mass Effect and support for Mass Effect Andromeda has ended. Um, it's not going to receive single-player DLC. Yeah. So, looks like Mass Effect is on ice for the next for the foreseeable future. Which is good because I'm, I'm a Dragon Age hope- junkie, so I'm fine with. Yeah, that. so Dragon Age Four, as mm. I assume, under development. It is. Hopefully, uh, it means that they're. That they're icing Mass Effect Andromeda in favor of Jade Empire, please, please, please. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. No, that's not gonna happen. Um, it's all about Empire now, isn't it? Jade Empire Two is dead, um, but yeah, I think they're they're just gonna go whole hog in on Anthem now and hope that works out for them. And so we'll see what Bioware has uh, got up their sleeve. Um, well, I think that's all we had to talk about today. Um, so for those of you who are interested in keeping up to date with the podcast. We have a website, avocadogamescast.wordpress.com. And what? there we post each episode, and we post a link dump so you guys can follow along with the stuff we're talking about. Um, if you want to subscribe to us, we're on iTunes or Google Play Music. Just search for us for Avocado. Just search for Avocado Gamescast, and you'll find us, no problem. 
there aren't many other podcasts about avocados out there, so yeah, you know, sure. pretty easy to find us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And don't, I don't know how much you could talk. And don't talk forget about those uh, those great razors from the Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> yeah, Dollar Shave Club has not sponsored us <laughs> in any capacity. We just what are you love talking them. About? Um, yeah, like I'll get, I'll just get a mysterious check in the mail five weeks from now. From Dollar Shave Club. I've been saying all of this shit about Dollar Shave Club and they're not sponsoring us? What (laughs) the fuck? If you wrote them an email and said, yeah, you guys sponsor my podcast, they probably wouldn't know if they do or they don't. They'd probably still give you the check. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Five bucks from Dollar Shave Club. Um, Yeah, we're finally turning the game's cast into a money making (laughs) Microtransactions. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You want science to say shit. Then pay five bucks on this account. PayPal. Yeah, like we'll just put a link up to Science's PayPal, exactly. and then <laughs> I like tell, I can say Dollar Shave Club and, and Casper can just like PayPal and cash. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, thanks for being on this podcast, um, and uh, thanks for listening, listeners. Oh yeah. Thanks, later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, bye bye. See you later, everyone. You later.